wizard, Harry. That was too close. You were almost a Jill sandwich. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. As you wish. See, the universal greeting works every time. <laughs> I, I did it one second too early. <laughs> You're good. Bob Buell just popped a beer can. He's drinking Trulies. Bob Buell, say hi. Hi, everybody. Truly wild berry. Wonderful stuff. Do you go by Bob Buell or Mr. Buelly? <laughs> uh, Mr. Rocket Buell is, is what I prefer at this point. Uh, no, what, whichever. Bob, you know. Robert. Mr. Robert with three Bs. <laughs> I think only my mom calls me that. Nobody else. Do you have a cool sounding like, well, you don't have to give us your social, but like, do you have a cool sounding middle name with that? Like, is it Bob Billy Buell? I have a great social. One, three, seven. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, No, my middle name is Stanley, uh, which is good, but not great. Yeah, I I, I would have preferred if it was like Otis or something. So my initials could be B.O.B. also. Yeah, Uh, I thought that would always be cool uh, growing up. But I'm like, yeah, it's it's fine. You know, that would make initials (laughs) B.S.B. 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 The true successor to the P.S.P. Um, so yes. I'm Eric Smith. <laughs> this is Bob Yule. Mm. You are listening to the that's Calm me, Down Nerd Pod. <laughs> you are listening to the Calm Down Nerd Podcast. Um, this is a podcast where we like to talk about things we're passionate about. Um, quick plug for me up front. Um, uh, we should be good on Apple Podcasts now. So if you're listening to this on Spotify and you know somebody who is Apple, go over to your best friend, send him a text message and emoji and be like, Hey, I know you've been wanting to listen to this. Now you're capable of doing so. Um, if you have any questions or want to reach out to me, I'm available, um, through email at comedownnerdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter as Bob and I just investigated. It is actually (laughs) at calm down P that's it. Hold on. (laughs) It's calm down, nerd. P. Oh yes, sorry. Calm down, nerd. P. <laughs> I'm not good at just the media letter P. Stuff. Not, not P E E. Just the letter P. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you follow me on Twitter, uh, Bob Yule. In your podcast, has there yet been an instance where somebody you were the guest has made a joke that said, "I have 99 questions, but blank is not one." Uh, at least three. Ah. Uh, <laughs> At least three definitely come to mind. Yes. Uh, not as often as I'd think. Which though. was the best? And who was the guest? Ooh. Wait, hold on. Uh, oh, wait. No, don't say anything else. If you're listening okay. to this right now, pause it. Go listen to Bob Beal's 99 Question Podcast that oh, you can find on Spotify on. and some other places. Tell us more about that, Bob, <laughs> and then answer the question. Okay, well, thank you so much. That's a very, very <laughs> wonderful plug of you. Uh, it's 99 questions. It's number 99. You'll see a purple and gold logo. That's the one. You know the one. Uh, yeah, it's me interviewing a bunch of folks uh, that I, I I really like. Abby uh, Russell, Ben Hansen. Abby Russell, Ben Hansen. You got Dan, Dan Riker, which. Kish. Yeah. The Dan Riker one, I got, I got a story about. That one I had to take off a day of work for. <laughs> 
<laughs> I would have fucking done it. <laughs> it was very last minute. Like he was like, I think I might be available like noon tomorrow, maybe. And we were like, I was like, all right, like message me because uh, his work schedule is pretty, pretty wacky. And so he texted me like, OK, I'm free. And I was at work and I was like, um, I went to my boss and I was like, yeah, I got to go this sickness dog somebody got ran over i just gotta go <laughs> and so i bailed and then recorded the dead record episode you just told your boss no like i'm coughing um, and my grandmother died because of it i've gotta go <laughs> <laughs> i have uh, yeah i have to leave for excuse and just bye <laughs> um but yeah brendan lee mulligan from college humor was on my show sam rice he does, uh, uh, is brandon uh, the one James that does um and... overboard stuff with polygon occasionally no, uh, I don't watch that many of them, but I don't think so. Um, are you thinking of Brian David Gilbert? I know he does a bunch of stuff with them. No, I know B. Who I would love to have on, B. but no, he's super huge. <laughs> um, he's too famous for me. No, he he's a regular <laughs> on Overboard. I think they've had Brandon on as a guest occasionally, um, because that's where I think oh, I know okay. the name from. But anybody listening to this right now, Overboard is a great podcast. Uh. Or, well, YouTube, I guess. It's video format. But it's actually, if you're interested in more board games, that's a good way. That was a good way for me to be like, okay, I think I'm going to buy this one. I don't think I'm going to buy that one. So it's a good uh, access door to different board games and things like that. But you're amazing guest. You've had plenty. Nice. Continue about that. Or don't. Thank that's you. up to you. <laughs> uh well, you had a question. You said, uh, answer this oh, as yeah, soon yeah, as yeah. my plugs were done. And I couldn't remember what that was now. The question is, uh, who has made the best? <laughs> I've got 99 uh, jokes, but blank oh, is not one. Right, right, right. Um, here's how I do it. And then sidle it into a little bit of a, a, a tease for the audience. My latest episode with John Smith from uh, Funhouse. Can't see it. It's an audio media, but I'm wearing a Funhouse <laughs> shirt. Uh, H-A-U-S. Uh, I can, I Smith, can vouch uh, for him. He is, in fact, clove during this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so John Smith. <laughs> John Smith was on my, my last episode, and uh, he did one of those puns exactly. And it, it made me laugh so much. I cut out just that audio and put it right at the end of the episode. So like you have to listen through all the thing or just click on it and scrub through. It still counts as a play. Just scrub through the last 10 seconds and you will hear just the soundbite of him saying exactly that. And that's my favorite instance of it. You hear that, folks? We don't we care about analytics here. Just scroll to the end of our podcast and let it finish out in the last three seconds. Zero one percent retention because people only listen to the last five seconds. Somebody's looking at that like, why is the highlight the last 30 seconds? We did well, folks. Um so that is that is your time with my show. I love it. Yeah, uh, you started that a year ago, maybe like a month plus. Yeah, a year and change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. Kind of right. Incidentally, I didn't mean to do it this way, but kind of right as the pandemic really kicked in uh, when everyone was stuck indoors, which kind of made it easier to book people for the show, which kind of worked. <laughs> hey, like I, know, I know you're home right now. <laughs> Don't say you're busy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like where else are you gonna go after five PM? Like, just just record for a little bit. Uh, so it oddly kind of worked out. I've I had the idea in my brain for forever, and I was just like, I finally, I guess, pulled the trigger on it right around then. 
I don't want to give the audience your inside baseball, but it, it's mm. loosely based off rapid fire questions, which I just think is amazing. From Game Correct. Informer, which are they still doing that? Are they still? Uh, I think they are. One again, not ben as often Reeves, as before. But Ben Reeves did one with Psychonauts to uh, Tim Tim Schaefer. Tim Schaefer. Oh, yeah. God, I did not want to be wrong about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it was pretty great. I think that was the most recent one that I watched. But those rapid fire questions, even just watching back through the back catalog is amazing. Um, I oh, have listened classic. to uh, some of your podcasts, and it is great. You did an amazing job on there. This Thank will you. not be the same format. Um, you, yeah. not, I'm not saying you're trying to stay structured. You but, told uh, me this was a 98 question interview. That's exactly what I, I was told. And you have to come up <laughs> with copyright all the reasons it had. You have to come up with all the questions for me. That's the, that's the, that's oh, the where you no. switch it. Is you blindside uh, the guest and say, "Guess what?" Ha ha. <laughs> One of these days, I'll do that. I'll just I'll, I'll punk the guest by making them ask me a bunch of questions. <laughs> yes. Um. So, uh, here at Calm Down Nerd Podcast, um, there's two questions I like to ask first time guests. Okay. One is very self indulgent. One's a little heady. Uh, but the uh, the more philosophical question, and it's kind of the spirit I try to create. What is your definition of a nerd? Ooh, great question. Uh, my definition of a nerd is someone who takes a topic that doesn't need to be taken all that seriously, very seriously. Ooh. <laughs> What is your what is your fine tuning on a topic that does not need to be taken that seriously? See, that's that's why I left it purposefully vague, <laughs> because that can get very tough. Like, because I think you can be like a music nerd and you can mm -hmm. be a movie nerd, you mm -hmm. know, uh, or you can be like a uh, Scorsese nerd, like to even dial it in a little bit closer and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, you could be, you know. Oh, I'm a nerd with keyboards and people who love their mechanical keyboards and new keycaps and like spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars on those things. Like anything that is not and, and, and in no way do I mean this in a negative sense, but I, yeah, anything that doesn't really have to be taken all that seriously, but they are. Yeah, that's a nerd. I, I feel like in the past few episodes, anybody who's been listening to episodes through episodes, I'm probably repeating myself and I apologize for that. So I'll try to come up with a completely different analogy this time. But to me, it's somebody with an unadulterated passion in something that they know very um, inside baseball information about that they uh, that they adore. And I mean, one of the um, this is kind of a we're here for side tangents. Um, one of the genesis from, you know, my, even my tagline is during IGN, um, with some IGN footage about game of Thrones, somebody says something along the lines of people complaining about the ending of game of Thrones. And like, look, people, you have to like what you love. And like, yeah. to me, it's just like hardcore fans who are just like, it, it's not that they're like, they get upset when, um, they ruined Ghostbusters by making an all-female cast or they make Transformers into live action and they get upset. Like, it's people who genuinely like things so much where they're just like, I don't care, just give me more of that thing. Like, yeah. those people who, like, it just... Uh, so, inside baseball thing. Um, Jason Schreier, um, mm -hmm. of just game journalism fame, 
Um, yeah. I don't mean to put him on a pedestal, but hey, he fucking climbed up there. That's his fault. Yeah, he's, he, he's up there. <laughs> he put a tweet out recently within the past 48 hours about how the theme music to Seinfeld, whoever uh, orchestrated that or created that, yeah. how he did it. And like, you have to look this tweet up because I will not do it justice. I think it's pulled from a Reddit AMA. But the dude did the theme music by listening to Jerry Seinfeld's speech delivery with his jokes. And he found out that there's a certain cadence to it and a certain like rhythmic delivery. So after that, he started to try to create the theme music around his delivery with just like clicks and whistles and things like that. And I mean, knowing that information does me no good in life. However, that's a fucking cool story and I'm here for it. Yeah. I love Seinfeld, by the way. But yes, that that is absolutely fascinating. Uh, so <laughs> that completely mm-hmm. unnecessary, but mm-hmm. completely amazing to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's these are the things that give us joy in life, and that's just what I want to yeah. try to capture. So, a speaking of joy in life and self indulgence, and a segue that wasn't there before, do you remember? And this is what I ask all first time guests: Do you remember your first interaction with me? Obviously, okay. So for people who are listening. Actually, for everybody, Bob Buell and I met over a Discord server, which I've plugged so many times they don't get any more plugs. Fuck you, Hanson. Come <laughs> after me. <laughs> he won't. No, I want him on. I do want you on, Ben Hanson <laughs> and Kyle. Maybe Leo, too, but he just seems too funny. He'll just bury me. Anyways, we met in the Min Max Discord. Yes. I'll say that. Do you remember our first interaction? I do not. I am not afraid to say I I have a terrible memory when it comes to important things. And, so uh, no, I do not. <laughs> you and my last guest, Smithy, it's kind of the same thing where we kind of um, it feels very high school to say, but we ran in the same circles. So we kind of knew each other at different points. Um, yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. like one very like vivid, like first interaction. And that was actually something that you did for the Midmax community. Can you take guesses and pull a short straw on what that was? You did to me one of the I best things that. a Midmax community member has done for the community, hands down. Do you Whoa, remember what that is? What a praise. Uh <laughs> yeah, when I tell it what it is, you'll be like, oh fuck. <laughs> uh well, of course I remember it, but I want you to be able to <laughs> I, I don't what did I do? I got oh, I wrote it. I'll narrow it down for you. Yeah, my, give me give me a hint. It was good news and bad news time because it was peak COVID, and I actually had to stay home twice due to possible COVID interactions. Oof. And I, I never actually had COVID, but I had to stay home twice because of it. It was around the holidays. What did you, Bob Yule, do around the holidays? What did I do around the holidays? All right, you don't get a guess anymore. Oh, I, I need no, you to. I, I, hey, I need you. you. Hey, Bob, I need you to hold on a I'm second because hard hey, no, no, <laughs> I need to hit. I need to hit. I need to hit the listeners with some ASMR right now and answer this okay. question for you. Okay, okay. need complete silence. This motherfucker took a choose-your-own-adventure Mario book from the nineties into the Discord <laughs> server and read it out loud in a voice chat. And sent pictures of puzzles and let us dumbasses try to solve it in the most Bewley voice possible. And it was the most 
wholesome. I'm being too loud. <clears throat> it was the most wholesome thing to ever happen. <laughs> I forgot I even did that. Yes, I loved <laughs> doing that. I absolutely. Yes. I want to do that again. I I have more books of that now, and I really do want to find the time to do it again. No bullshit. Uh, it was be, it was before Christmas, and I was just like, I love that he did this. I love how it affected community. I went onto Amazon to try to send you a new book, but I was like, I need oh. to find one first. I could not find they're, one that they're very tough. They're yeah. very tough. I, I was like, I, I need to find one to send them before I even bring it up. And I was going to ask you privately in a DM, like, Hey, I'm going to send you something. Will you use it for good purposes? <laughs> and I just never we'll came to be for evil. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude, maybe you lie about the maps and that fucks us all. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, um, well, thank you. That's very kind of you. Uh, but no, I, I wanted to do that. There was an old podcast that no longer exists. It kind of spun off into a different podcast, but uh, it was called 8-Bit Book Club. Mm-hmm. And it is a bunch of people from uh, formerly College Humor now. So it's Emily Axford, uh, uh, Brian Murphy, and Caldwell Tanner. Uh, Caldwell mm-hmm. Tanner, who I had on my show, actually, who's a, a gem of a human being. And he's an animator for Disney Channel now. And uh, he's he's living his best life. Awesome. Uh, and now all three of those guys, plus Jake Hurwitz from Jake and Amir, the old comedy series, they do not another D&D podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts ever. But before that, just the three of them did this show called 8-Bit Book Club, where the whole gimmick was they would uh, read a book about a video game beforehand and then go on the show and discuss it. Uh, and it was classic for their like tangents and they would just go off about anything and, and like just try to make each other laugh. And there were a couple episodes where they did exactly what I did there. And I just completely ripped it off where they read these old like Sonic adventure books and a Zelda adventure yeah. book and like would try over the course of the episode to win it basically. Uh, and they never did. And there was one Sonic book that, like, they failed at three times. And then they did, like, this live stream, like, during quarantine where they were like, all right, we're finally beating this thing because we've never beaten it. We had, like, three-hour episodes about it. And they didn't beat it again. Like, it's, like, the one thing that always defeats them. So I straight up ripped it off from them. And I just found the only adventure book that I could was this random Mario at, like, the Olympic. No, it wasn't Olympics. It was like the Mushroom no. Kingdom's Olympic yeah. equivalent. Some, uh, somebody kidnapped Princess Peach and they had to go through the pipes to find her. <laughs> As always, you know that of classic course. tale. Classic. Okay, so. But yeah, I totally forgot I did that. Because not a lot of people showed up for it, but everyone who did, I think, had a really great time. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's maybe like, eight it people was... who stayed through the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But it, I was so entertained by it because I just got to be like, the 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 kindergarten teacher at the front of the room with the book yeah. and everyone else like circled around that's how i pictured it in my brain it was it was great i yeah. now that you reminded me i'm gonna i'm gonna really push to do another one of those because that was so fun so that's what showed me you were a wholesome human being and made me want you to oh. made me want to have you on but what have you been doing on your life recently has it still been wholesome have you been watching some like <laughs> wait hold on have you watched titans I... on hbo max I don't have HBO Max, so no. Not wholesome. Robin straight out says, fuck Batman. Naughty words, Robin. Don't say that. Mm-mm-mm. That's not my Robin. Can Hashtag I Can I just Robin. tell you about what I've been doing recently? This Titan show. <laughs> what have you been doing? It is. So, you know the saying, like, the sum of its parts? Yeah. So, this thing is the worst characters, the worst dialogue, 
the worst visuals, the worst costumes, the worst every individual thing. Why the fuck does this show slap so hard? It's good. I can't <laughs> stop watching it. It's the only thing I can think of where it's just like, like if you were to pick apart one thing and be like, this quality onto itself is awful. But when you put it all together, it's like it's Clayface. Work. It just fucking works. It's a beautiful symphony of madness. The Symphony of Destruction by Megadeth. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I might return to I might return to other things I've been doing recently. But what have you been enjoying recently? What have I been enjoying recently? I've been I've been very busy, so I haven't had time to consume uh, a lot of content. But I did. I'm not usually like the binging type, like the guy who just sits in front of a screen and like can just watch a show for like eight hours at a time. Uh, I just I don't know. I like stretching it out for longer mm-hmm. for whatever reason. But I watched all of Loki. Yeah, it's, that, that was Disney dirtier than you show. meant it. <laughs> 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 you finished Loki. Tell me about it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. That's my favorite of the Disney shows. Really? God, I'm yeah. wondering if I'm... So I've talked to you and somebody else. And so far, I like Loki the least. And you and the other person said you like him the most. Yeah. It's... I... All right, so here's where I'm at with Marvel. And I, I had this debate in the car with some buddies of mine the other day. Uh, we were driving up to a restaurant, and we had time to kill. And I, we all just went off on our diatribes about Marvel. But I'm at the point now, like in the post-Thanos era, <laughs> spoiler alert, post-Thanos, um, like I just want, out of Marvel, I want them to just be weird. I, like the traditional like superhero movie I, I i'm just not all that interested so i think are you we talking have about first 25 two examples of it mm-hmm. are, are you so talking like we, first two episodes of wandavision i adored the first 60 percent of wandavision yeah, it's like four. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as it started getting more and more normal, normal Yes. Uh, and like the last episode is just like a condensed Marvel movie. And I said, I don't like this. I wait, don't like the villain. I wait, don't like the ending. Wait. Yeah. Did yeah. Scarlet Witch bring you an emotional journey when she's at the house having her recap episode? <sighs> kind of. Yes. But to me, that whole show, like the, the crux of that show that I really loved was uh, Wanda, Scarlet Witch, whatever you want to call her, like her dealing with this grief. Like, that's what I loved about the show. It's like her brother's dead, her husband's dead. Yeah, husband, whatever. Uh, and so, like, don't use quotations her... on husband on Wizard. <laughs> he was her husband. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they officially had a ceremony. I don't recall that in the movies. It probably did. Oh, episode um, two, he puts a ring on it. Or no, episode one, he puts a ring on it. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. So, like, I I loved the concept going in of uh, this infinitely powerful person who just dealt with the two hugest losses in her life. Like, how does she deal with that? It's like, oh, she's going to make her own reality. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what a brilliant concept behind this whole show. And then by the end of it, huge spoiler alert, there's just a villain. There's just like this classic, like, mustache twirling villain who tied a woman to a railroad tracks who in a literal witch who's just like i've got you now and it's like did we need this did we need why couldn't it be 
uh, 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 Wanda as the protagonist and the antagonist. Yeah, she's the villain in her own story because, yeah, she was just like trying to deal with her own internal grief like that story i loved and then as soon as it turned into two witches throwing magic orbs at each other by the last episode i was like no i checked out i don't like this (laughs) like this is just normal again i i was here for the weird and then they turned it normal at the last minute and i didn't like it to me Uh, it's it's captain and or no i'm sorry it's a falcon winter soldier scarlet or uh, WandaVision, and then it's Loki. But the thing about Loki is it took me, what was there, six episodes total? I think there's a moment in episode four where I remember texting a friend and saying, this show finally clicks with me. It was good and enjoyable, but there was nothing that, like, I felt connected to until, like, episode four. So to me, it it just feels like I caught the bus very late. Yeah, That's that's fair. It's very slow-paced until then, to be fair. Because I know people have big issues with the episode three where they're on like the meteor thing because it's like <laughs> very God, bottle episode somebody uh, somebody I, said because uh, the whole crux of the last three episodes like hinged on that so i was like it, it it mattered and they made you matter you know it made it do matter you, do you watch any of the uh nerdist easter egg videos no i don't think okay, so. so me i have a bad memory walking away from watching something where like i i, I worked at blockbuster for four years and i have oh, wow. watched nice. I'm not like doing this as a brag. Like most of it has been shitty stuff that I've watched, but I've watched countless movies and things like that. So with media, yeah. like my brain can no longer retain like information from entertainment. The Cat nerdist trail. videos really help with like this happened and then this happened and blah, blah. And when I watch that in 15 minutes, I'm able to retain it a lot better. Yeah, on the absolutely. episode, uh, you're talking about when they're on both two planets. They literally, when they're describing the episode, they say something along the lines of, and they started started bantering between each other, and that was the rest of the episode. It's a hundred percent true. It is literally just, them just talking for a whole episode. Yeah, but I I think there's something like without that they don't have that connection that you yeah. get in four, five, and six. Like without that, without them being on the same page, like the rest of the show doesn't happen. So it's like, how do you establish this connection? between the two most narcissistic characters in all of like MCU, well, they're going to talk about each other for 45 I, minutes. <laughs> I get that you have to have buy-in from the audience and that's what that creates. But to me, it was just like, say you have a light switch. It was just like in episode three or four, like you turn the light on and I was like, this is amazing. And at some point yeah. you turn it off again real fast. And at some point you turn it back on. And I just feel like it wasn't a consistent lights on thing where I was just... I, yeah, wasn't enjoying it the that. whole time. No, well, no, I'm sorry. I wasn't enjoying it to my fullest the whole time. I liked it. I would watch it again with no issues. It's just it wasn't top tier to me all the way through, and it wasn't very well balanced. That's fair. Uh, unbalanced mm. is, is an absolutely fair criticism about it. I, I can't argue against that at all. Um, but I think part of the reason I really loved it the most because it's the weirdest next to those next weird. to the first couple episodes of WandaVision it is like they just embrace like all this time shenanigans and they're just full on in there's maybe like two fight scenes in the whole show like it's very unmarvel feeling in my opinion like yeah. the, it, it it like that last episode i it, i don't have to go into a ton of spoilers because i don't have a ton of like strong opinions on it but like Wait, that last episode is hold on. almost it, all dialogue it, <laughs> interjection interjection yes. 
spoilers for the rest of this episode. Yes, we that's will a good be point, actually. spoiling things from yeah. all forms of media. I love Loki, maybe some other shows, <laughs> maybe Yakuza maybe. Like a Dragon. We're spoiling shit, it. baby. Just yeah. stop the podcast if you don't like things being spoiled. <laughs> we don't know what we're going to spoil. It's a mystery. Yeah. So, okay. Do you how what's your comic book information on Kang? Your back background of knowing about Kang? Very little. I know I know what the internet tells me I'm supposed to know. <laughs> I, I read X-Men growing up, so I don't know nothing about Kang. That like when, that's that was my comic book. Uncanny X-Men and X-Men. That's what I read. When they so, introduced all this Marvel stuff is like zeitgeist, or I don't know it. <laughs> so before the episode, when there was like um Nerdist called it the Kang watch, but when most people were just like, Kang's got to show up. That's the only thing that makes sense. Because he's the time villain guy, right? Like, that's why. Yeah, yes. That's what he's known as, the time villain guy. <laughs> that's on his business card that, he hands out to everyone. The name of his time, time villain guy. That, they, when they did New 52 and they started time villain guy as one of the 52, it was a real uh, controversial call, but... <laughs> New 52 is DC. We're talking about Marvel. I think I need a new, new nerd on this episode. Kick me off of this show. <laughs> I will not do that. You are welcome, sir. I will not do that. Again, um, I, I read X-Men. They're in their own little bubble over there. I caught it prior. I was like, they're going to introduce the character of Kang, but never name drop him. Okay. When that version with, uh, I'm going to get his name wrong. So I'm not going to say it. When, when he came on screen, I was like, I love what he's doing. That is not fucking Kang. I do not think that is Kang. Well, it is not well done. And then <laughs> Lady Loki goes, I'm going to stab you. And then she stabs him at least once. But I remember it being three times. I don't know. I don't know. So she stabs him. And I'm just like, okay, I am more than satisfied of his portrayal <laughs> of the different variant Kang. And then yes. I know he's going to be in future movies, at least two. But when they at showed least, the statue of yeah. him at the end of the episode, I was just like, now we're going to get a real fucking Kang the Conqueror. Yes, because he, he is going to complete. He was that nice guy to get the exposition out. And now that the exposition is out and you understand it, or may, hopefully you understand it, like now they can just go full bore villain. And that quirky version of him where it's just like, you know, there's a thing about uh, Mar the best villain thinks there's a they think there's a good reason for them being a villain for yes. him he that character did it so well it's just like you're not a villain at all dude like he was yeah. so unvilified unvilified is that a real word no but it, we'll go with it <laughs> but <laughs> that that like it just ruins some of the like uh totalitarian like dictatorship that is supposed to be kang he's supposed to come in on a hoverboard like i will rule all <laughs> And it, it just wasn't there. It, he was fucking eating oranges, that, hopping though. on desk. He was eating an apple, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, the, again, the the the, the curveball of it, loved it. Mm. I loved the weirdness. I loved the non marvelness. Like I loved that the big fight scene, quote unquote, was in episode five with a uh, giant smoke monster, uh, and then episode six was just like. Hey, exposition, baby. Let's figure out multiverses because we got all these shows, all these movies about it coming up. We got what if coming up. We got to explain what this is. Wait, like, do me a favor. Really, I and it. I don't, this might not be good for the listener, but this is good for me. Do me a favor. Um, Say what yep. you said again about episode five had a. 
See, I, I threw you a softball here. Uh, episode five, Loki had a big smoke monster. We'll return to that later. Um, so, uh... <laughs> nice. Um, is there anything else that you've been enjoying recently? Um, like uh... a dragon, you beat it. I did beat like a dragon a couple months ago. What I, was your time is... to beat? Great question. Uh, somewhere in the 80, 90 hours. I don't remember exactly. So time to beat uh, is supposed to be just short of like a hundred hours. Just short. Uh, the time to beat. If you look it up for main stories, 40 hours, I'm on 50 hours and I think I'm on chapter 10 out of like 16. I, I am to go. Yeah, I, <laughs> I am literally, this is the first game, and I'm not kidding you. I hate um, tower games, what I call them, like Assassin's Creed or even um, Breath of the Wild, even though that the internet's going to kill me for that, because I don't like games where it's just like, here's a spot on the map where you can do a side quest, like Witcher, Witcher 3. Yeah. Like, it, to me, I have, I get a, a beautiful kid who I she's still a baby to me but she's four now and she runs around a lot so i don't have much time for games so to me i want a very linear game path to go through and with this is the first game that i remember where if i look at the map there's no side quest to do i've already done them all i've ran that dungeon the optional dungeon at least once and i'm waiting to do it more times i've go-karted everybody i can go-kart i've gotten that Mm -hmm. best score that i could possibly get in golf i finished you do the, the, the can collecting on the shopping cart? I did the best that I can do in can collecting, which is oh. I can only get an I can only get an A tier on hard mode. I can't get S on Oh come on. You gotta get S tier. You gotta step your game up. I finished <laughs> did you finish the business management? That's the one part of the game I uh-huh. just, it didn't I, I was tanking and I said, I'm gonna do every other minigame. That was the one that I, I left out of it because I was like it's just not hitting for me. I was already toward the end of the game, and I was like, all right, let me beat it, and then maybe I'll circle back. And I was just like, yeah, I was already done by that point. That's the one part of it I missed. I literally probably sank eight hours into the, just that mini game. <laughs> that was me with the can collecting. I don't know why. That's <laughs> oh, I gave can, can collecting mini-game. maybe an hour and a half. But if you beat oh. the mini, if you beat that mini game, you get the special move with Ichiban where it's a – Solar la- satellite lasers, where like orbital lasers, you can call down orbital lasers, which takes two hundred up of your MP, and it yeah. like shoots a laser at all the bad guys. Like if there's ten That's enemies really on the cool. map or however many, it just shoots down. It yeah. feels so ba. So did you play Final Fantasy VII the original? Uh, yes, I did. So you know those end moves with Sephiroth, where he like blows up nine planets. Yeah, just that's like... what it feels like. It feels like that because they do this sky shot of his satellite turning on, and it actually says, um, "I'm going to pronounce his last name wrong." It says his last name on it, and then the satellite turns on, and then it's you see it shoot down the laser to Earth, and then it like pans oh. down to all the enemies. I want to watch this on YouTube now. This is absolutely going in my list. Feels so good. Oh, um, so game. I have something. I uh, like on a, I guess a personal level, but uh, yeah. we were in the MinMax community. We were on the live voice chat, just kind of hanging out with people for the video game awards. And you talked about a very specific game, which I still don't know too much about. Did you know? Did you know that every time you mentioned Windjammers, I thought it was a fucking fake game, and I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was a bit, and I was like, this is the funniest bit I ever heard. 
And then I found out it was real. And I was just like, what the fuck? Windjammers rules. It sounds made up, dude. Fuck. <laughs> it but. does. Especially, even if you describe the game, it still sounds made up. <laughs> like, every time you're like, Windjammers 2. I was like, this guy is a funny it's joke. <laughs> it's coming. It's still in, like, alpha. I got. I played the beta on Steam, and it's so much fun. Uh, everyone should play more Windjammers. I, I don't know how. Well, no, they did the re-release on PS4. You can buy that. Uh, Windjammers HD, it's, it rules. It's Pong, but with um, people playing uh, volleyball with Frisbees on the beach. And literally, you just control, instead of paddles, <laughs> you control two dudes. And it rules. <laughs> that game rules. <laughs> You have it, uh, a collectiveness. I don't know if that's the right word or not for indie weird kind of uh, OG arcadey games. I love weird stuff. Yes, and, and especially arcadey games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely do. I, I, I have a. I, I've I've kind of thought about this in the last couple of years because there's so many big games that come and go, <clears throat> like like the Assassin's Creed, like the Mass oh, Effects, yeah. Dead Spaces, like all Call these AAA duties. titles, Call of Duties, Witchers, like a lot of really huge games that I just go like, I am, I couldn't be less interested in. I'm not saying they're bad games at all. I'm not going to argue that they suck. They're just not for me. And I think the reason, and I've been thinking about this recently, if I know it's a good game, I don't care. It's when it's a known quantity like that, I just don't care when I don't know what it is or it's so weird and new that it's getting like mixed reviews. I want in. Have you touched I want in on yet? the ground floor? What was that? Have you touched Christ tales yet? No, I've heard I, I've heard pretty decent things, but uh, no, I haven't touched it yet. Like I said, I haven't had a ton of times for games right now. Uh, <laughs> He's been busy but recently. That is, that is one on my watch list. Yeah. But like like my 20, whatever, 19 game of the year was Death Stranding. And I know people don't like it. Dude, no, my, 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 my literal uh, best friend, my little best friend played it. He he hmm. says that for the majority and try not to give hyperbole the majority of the game he didn't really like it and he just thought it was okay he said the last hour to three hours made it one of the best games he's ever fucking played he said that See, last I mean, few hours in the game that. just put it over the top for him that this crazy motherfucker kojima just pulled it all together in beautiful tapestries <laughs> and he just he said he like me with loki like that i'm trying to overplay the loki part of it but he said like something just clicked with him and it just yeah. became one of the best games to him. I, I see. I didn't. I, I didn't even have that same experience, and it's still like my game of the year that year. Uh, I, I just, I had a totally different experience, and I loved it for totally different reasons. But that's what's so weird and magical about that game. Like, it so, brings so many different emotions out of people for so many different reasons. It's just, it's totally bizarre. So, um. Just like Windjammers. You're on this episode <laughs> for a specific topic. I was bullshitting that with that very same Which is about Death it. Stranding. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> I was talking to that very same friend about what you were going to be on. Ooh. You two have very different opinions of the show. 
he uh, sorry i spoiled I, it already i'll go back to that in a second he told <laughs> i told him i was just like yeah i gave him the whole pitch about hey audience listener person listening to this right now part of my pitch of calm down nerd podcast is i realize that i'm not going to get to experience everything that i would like to in life be that books movies tv uh video games anything plethora of music part of me wants to vicariously live the excitement of that entity through other people so I cannot, probably will not, unless Bob does a good job pitching it to me, we'll get to experience this journey that he went on. I would like to hear why it excites him. Yes. So before we say that, so I told my friend about that and through that whole pitch about vicariously listening to it, he was like, good, you should never watch that show. I was like, oh, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Uh. He says he does not like it. So you guys share the same opinion on Death of Stranding. Tell me why... Explain to me why the fuck I should care about the smoke monster on Lost. All right. Wait, hold on, real fast. Was it <laughs> six seasons? Six seasons. Yes. Okay. Community six. got six seasons. They still didn't get their movie. Is Lost going to get a movie? No, because they don't need it. They don't need anything beyond the finale. The finale is phenomenal, and anyone who tells you that it's bad didn't understand it. Let me tell you my buzz <laughs> recollection of. We're going to spoil Lost, folks. If you're listening to this and haven't watched I'm going Lost, to spoil. All of Lost. I, I apologize in advance, but I'm just going to rant about it, and I have no qualms about that. <laughs> I, I don't either. If you're here for yeah. the wrong thing, if you're like it's a show from up... 2004. Like if you haven't, it's seen the fucking it yet, Titanic law. It's the Titanic law. Yeah. It, it yeah. sinks, yeah, people. Seriously. It sinks. So it, this is my recollection of how... 2010. If you didn't watch it, sorry, it's a decade. <laughs> so do they? Yes, what, do, no, do they figure out that they what? were dead the whole time? They weren't dead the whole time. Purgatory? That's... No. No, deeper than that. So the cake wasn't <laughs> alive. The airplane was. No. Uh, well, if you believe <laughs> season five, uh, there is, is that four or five? No, that was four, technically. Uh, season four, they did put a fake airplane in the ground uh, because the evil guy wanted to seem like... Um, everyone was dead so they put a fake plane underwater but that's a whole separate thing so the plane crash was real everything that happened on the island from seasons one through six actually happened mm -hmm. the only part that people seem to have an issue with because they were like rubbing their noses and going like no this is purgatory the whole time i swear it's purgatory it's only the see this what is you what, what, what you did the right there though story, as a side note the what side story right there, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes what you did right there as a side note that's what i refer to as a fucking dork if you yes. want to ruin people's fun <laughs> and talk like that you're a fucking dork we're, we're here for nerds all right yes, keep going. it's all about nerds the well, side actually story. well actually is the le is yeah. the most dorky thing you can fucking do um, well, actually, according to Webster's, uh, <laughs> uh, so every season of the show has like, if you've seen any of it, like, you know, it, season one, what made it really kind of famous is it has the on the island story, but it also has flashbacks about their previous life. And that's how they, um, show what all these passengers are like because they, you know, half the story is a flashback. So seasons one, two, and three are all flashback that the. The finale of three into four changed it around. They char they started doing a flash forward 
basically saying, mm-hmm. here's what their lives are like after they get off the island. So we're still going to show you the, the timeline of them on the island, them trapped, but then we're going to flash forward to them off the island before they even get rescued. You don't know how they get rescued, but you see that they get off and they're miserable. They hate their lives after they're rescued. So it makes it this tragic irony of them begging and pleading and like scratching and clawing to try to get off the island when you know as soon as they get off, they're miserable. Then season five is a time travel season, which rules. <laughs> and then season six, and this is how it all kind of connects back. Season six didn't tell you whether it was a flashback or a flash forward. It was actually something they called a flash sideways. And that whole side story for all of season six was kind of purgatory. So for people who are like, they were in purgatory the whole time. Massively incorrect. Only the side story of season six was them after they died, figuring out like the secrets of afterlife. Wouldn't you call that purgatory for the side side parts of season six? Yes. But for everyone to be like, plane never crashed. They were in purgatory. Incorrect. A thousand percent. All the stuff that happened on the island was real. Listen to listen to Christian Shepherd on the finale of season six. He explains all this. He goes, everything that happened to you was real. Everything up until this moment was 100% real. Only that flash sideways in season six was purgatory. Hmm. So <laughs> uh, this is this is like jumping they, ahead to the last chapter of a book, <laughs> like me explaining uh, all this. But I love it. No, we'll yeah, we'll we'll circle that square. I don't know. It feels like something. Um, So wait. So do they do they die off of the island and then they give a flash sideways or do they show how their natural deaths occur? Uh, For some people, yes. And for some, they leave it ambiguous. So here's see, this is this is like, again, like last chapter of the whole thing. But what you find out throughout the the kind of the last season last two seasons of the show why the island is so important because the Mm -hmm. island is like this big crux of the whole thing it's kind of a character in and of itself it has these magical properties it cures people of diseases it makes people couldn't walk walk again but it also has this weird like karmic thing where like evil people will somehow like be damaged and it has a smoke monster we'll get back to it has a there's a smoke monster <laughs> that like commits judgment against people for their sins and like all this really weird stuff. Um, and so it's not until season six, you find out like what the Island actually is. The Island has these time travel capabilities and it can physically move in the ocean, like all this kind of stuff. Like a turtle's back, like yeah. last airbender, like avatar, last airbender. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's why no one finds them the whole time because it's actually moving. They're on a spiritual journey. (laughs) (laughs) So season six, you find out that there's like this, this light at the center of the Island that is uh, explained a way to be like the, uh, I don't think they ever explicitly say it, but it's basically like with this light, uh, this is like the, the, root of everything like if this light goes out uh like there's no reason for living anymore but as long as the light stays on everything's going to be okay so like they have to stop evil people from trying to get to the island to extinguish out this light and i 
this is how I interpret it, at least. And I think it's kind of the, kind of the common interpretation among like diehard Lost fans is that whole flash sideways season of them in purgatory like it shows them like ascending to if you want to call it heaven to their heaven and that light is what like brings them there so the whole show is about them saving this light on the island so they can like move on to an afterlife or whatever uh and if they had failed obviously that doesn't happen uh so yeah some people in season six you see how they die some people you don't but they kind of explain it in that finale of like, does it really matter? You just kind of go to heaven with your friends, whatever you want. Like <laughs> time so, doesn't matter in the afterlife. So the island is not purgatory or heaven, but the light on the oh. island gets you into heaven. It's like the battery running heaven. And so if you unplug it, you can't get in. So if you take the hamster off the wheel, God dies. <laughs> There's a donkey wheel, actually, <laughs> not a hamster wheel. That is a real thing in Lost. There's a frozen donkey wheel, but that controls the time. Wait, of the no, animal. no, wait. You said frozen <laughs> donkey wheel as though the frozen aspect was new, and I was already to know what a donkey wheel was. It's just frozen this time around. Yes, of course. <laughs> We're all familiar with donkey wheels. Uh <laughs> Anyways, so is- sometime next year, Amazon Prime will have Wheel of Time. And I need to read that book or not. I don't know yet. Do you know about Wheel of Time? Uh, vaguely. I know, I never. I just know it's a thing nerds enjoy. I, I don't know much beyond that. Yeah, Sanderson? nerds enjoy Sanderson? weird Sanderson? shit. <laughs> keep, uh, keep going about I've that donkey in heaven. <laughs> so so, uh, so Smoke is, Monster. That's, this is what I want to know. This, this Okay. Yes. Remember your thought I, I was actually going to fl- I was going to flip this around on you. I was going to say, what do you know about Lost? Other than what I just explained to you. Smoke Monster is secretly a man, like man in black, but not man in black. But like, you know, in French, how there's always that man in the pictures in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the Smoke no, Monster. The, the, oh, the thin man from X-Files. What? Fuck. Man with the cigarette. Yeah. Man, yeah. Man with cigarette. Yeah. Uh, so the character's name who becomes the Smoke Monster He's never properly given a name. Mm-hmm. So he is literally called Man in Black because all you ever see him is in, is in black. Okay, yeah. So right. that you're, you're actually pretty dead on with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so the long and short of that. And again, this isn't what the whole show is about, but it's just like this is like the end mystery solved is this smoke monster is. um. Oh God! I can't even explain that character without explaining like two other characters. <laughs> Do it, my dude. While you're thinking of okay. how to properly properly structure this, I will yes. say anybody who's listening to this right now worried about spoilers. Me personally, or anybody, blah 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 blah. Like Transylvania. Do you know in Transylvania, whenever Adam Sandler is like blah blah blah. Nope, just me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so okay. So um. Anyways. I would never have watched Game of Thrones season one if it wasn't for the spoiler of Sean Bean getting lost. I would never have continued watching it past season two if it wasn't for the spoiler of the Red Wedding. If you're someone on the fence Mm. about watching Lost and still listening to this right now, listen to the future things that Bob's going to say and maybe he'll pull you in. Sometimes spoilers (laughs) is not a bad thing. It's more of a, huh, I want to know how that happens. So tell me about how the 
I mean, smoke is actually man in black, which is actually three more layers. Okay. So <laughs> at the, one of the major themes of lost in general throughout all the seasons, I swear to God, if you fucking say lost. faith versus science uh-huh. <laughs> is faith versus science. It's like mm-hmm. basically people with super religious beliefs running into people uh, who are like, I don't care about religion. Nothing exists except for science. And that's all I believe in. And it's the clashing of those and having on Island, um, uh, basically like philosophical battles about what should be correct and what isn't. So it's like at one point they run into, um, a hatch in the ground. Very famous. Just about anyone who knows Lost knows like, oh, what's in the hatch? What's in the hatch? It was a major mystery of like season two um, or, or the end of season one. Technically. <laughs> Did you watch uh, it, chapter one and chapter two, the most recent reiterations of it? I saw chapter one. You never watched never two? Two. <laughs> My voice squeaked. You no, never watched two? Let me try more sound. More no, I... You never watched two? <laughs> I have not. No, I <laughs> I just I just never got around to it. I, I have nothing against it. I would totally. One's it, better. But... If you just watch one, you get it. But there's a hatch in the ground and then they have the underground area, which is what made me think of that. Um, oh, so okay. there's an underground area. Yes. So, you know, literally at the beginning of the show, it's a bunch of people stranded on an island. Very kind of based in reality with slight little mysteries around here um but you don't know that anything is supernatural until like they find this metal hatch in the ground and they don't know what's in it but they know that a light turns on from it every once in a while but they don't know why or what's in it or who's in it or what and so it's this debate of like well is the mystery you know what's the phrase like the devil we don't know versus the devil we do know like do we want to open this thing uh, versus like and actually find out what's inside and then when they go inside they find out it's this hatch built by this company called the dharma initiative and they have hatches all over the island and that's like the a main scientific theme of the show it's like this company uh claims that they built all these hatches in like the 1970s to uh help the world and save the world and keep the island here very fallout uh, bethesda little bit a little bit but not as over the top they have a very you know there's no there's no pit boys or what have you yeah, <laughs> uh, I got you. rolling around in there um so yeah the 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 hatches and that science element plays a, a major factor in it but then at the same time during these early seasons there is just a smoke monster rolling around that occasionally will attack and grab people out of the sky and like there's you know, no one really has an explanation for why that is. Or like there is a character who showed up there on a wheelchair and just can now walk. And there's no explanation for that. Uh, or there's one woman who who had like a, you know, a end of life kind of disease. And now she's totally fine. And like there's no science explanation for that. And so it's it's them uh, figuring out like, is this company that built these hatches that all we have to look at are these like old 1970s film strips. Are these to even be trusted at a certain point? And that's a major plot point of like finding other hatches that will, their only purpose is to watch the people in the first hatch and write down notes about what they do. And so it's like this crisis of faith for these people who are like, Oh, this is all just a lie. This is all just like a psychological experiment. 
Um, Wait, we were talking about community uh, earlier. Did you watch that? Did you watch any community? Oh, yeah. Uh, first, until it went to like Yahoo or whatever, I watched it. So the first four. Do you remember the episode where, um, uh, what's the blonde's name? Starts with a B. Britta? B? Brenda. Brenda? Or, uh, Britta? Britta? Eh? Britta, Britta, Britta does Britta. an exp- Britta does some sociological experiment where she puts people in a waiting room with Abed and somebody else, and they, Abed waits until the very end, and then she's just yeah. like, "Why did you wait?" And Abed's like, "Because you asked me to," and he's just yeah. like, uh, 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 or she's just like, uh, I, "I didn't expect you to wait." He's just like, "Oh, yeah. well, you're a terrible friend," and then walks away. <laughs> so basically, yes, these hatches are community. Well, that's what they. That's what the question is: is mm. it is it fake or is it real? Because they they claim that there is a button inside that first hatch that, as long as you press it every hundred and eight minutes, the world will be will be saved. But if you don't press it every hundred and eight minutes, everything's going to die. So is that yes. the countdown that I know about? It's like some like a yeah. it's a long block or long black setup with red uh, the normal red uh, numbers that you'd see. Yeah, with like the old timey uh, like flip uh, clock things, yeah, yeah like yeah. <laughs> like what you see at like an old timey train station. Uh, yes, so so that's a timer. This is the main focal point of season two: is this hatch and whether the hatch actually means something and whether it's not anything. Um, and season two is maybe my favorite season, maybe next to five. Um, and because of this clashing, it's basically one character who is it literally the episode is called man of science man of faith and it's one guy who's a doctor a literal doctor who's like uh this this button uh you know like i i don't think this does anything and and (laughs) one character the one who who uh gets uh becomes able to walk by showing up on the island he's basically like okay we have to stop pressing this button because this is all a psychological experiment. Nothing's going to happen. World's not going to end. That's ridiculous. We we have to stop pressing this button. We're just slaves to this button. And then eventually, like, this priest guy shows up there. Uh, and he goes, no, we have to press this button. Like, this is all we have. We have to believe in this because it's all we have. And it's the two of them, like, clashing of what they should do. Like, what is the correct philosophy in this weird uh, uh, scenario? And it creates one of the greatest moments in that show when they stop pressing the button and the guy who's like convinced that the button does nothing, who's my favorite character in like any fiction, basically he takes the, he takes the computer that the button's attached to, he smashes it on the ground and he goes like after a season of like only pressing the button, like 24 episodes and he smashes it on the ground and he goes, now we're going to let the clock run out. Now nothing's going to happen. We know nothing's going to happen. This is going to prove it. And as the clock, as the clock hits zero, like the whole thing shakes, the sky turns purple, everything in the base like flies against the wall. Metalist and he has this <laughs> it's and he has the greatest, like maybe the second greatest scene in that entire show where he just looks into the eyes of like that priest guy and he just goes, I was wrong. And he just has the most <laughs> terrified face you've ever seen in your life. And he plays it so so well. Um and yeah, it doesn't end the world, but it does create this massive giant explosion and huge uh, ripple effects throughout the so, entire rest of the show. You, you asked me earlier what I know about this show, 
I know yes. of one standout character that I don't know if you've ever listened to the band Coheed and Cambria before, but he yeah. looks like if you were to mash together the lead singer of Coheed and Cambria and Post Malone. Tell me I am wrong. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm thinking of someone with face tattoos, and I don't know if I know. Oh, no, no. Remove the face tattoos. (laughs) Give him the punchy Uh, whiteness. Is this Hurley you're thinking of? He has very long, curly hair. Yeah. Big old, big old fella. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's an amazing character. I love I love her yeah. in that show. He's he's kind of like the heart of the of the show in a lot of ways. He's like the moral compass in a, in a whole yeah. lot of ways. That that was my takeaway uh, of just knowing small things about him. It's just that he's the like, well, should we do this? Like uh, questioning things, but like trying to find the best for everybody. Yeah, no, he has a great character arc though, because his whole, uh, you know, as you learn in the flashbacks. He was just this down on his luck. Uh, he worked at a fried chicken restaurant. Like he was just like not doing anything. And he won the lottery and he won, you know, hundreds of millions, whatever millions of dollars. And the numbers that he won the lottery with are the famous lost numbers, which off the top of my head, of course I know because they're burning my brain forever. Oh, what are they? 2342. <laughs> Everyone knows them. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. Add them all up. They added up to 108, which is the timer uh, in the clock. Basically, they sprinkle those numbers throughout the entire show. This is the kind of inside baseball. So I, in past episodes, have said, I want to know (laughs) things that you cannot find in Wikipedia articles. I am pretty sure you could probably find this in Wikipedia articles. However, this is the kind of nerd shit I'm here for. (laughs) What are those numbers again? Four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 42. Did he play the Powerball? Uh, uh, did I play the Powerball? No, no. What, what is it called? The uh, <laughs> what was the um, the the thing where you get extra in the lottery? Yeah, Powerball, it's like right? yeah, like Powerball. Or, yeah, yeah, or Mega Million, or yeah, it's all kind of the same deal. <laughs> um, so, so how? Where else do these numbers pop up? Like. Uh, plane tickets everywhere. or uh, everywhere Ooh, numerology like, that's yes so i'll even do you one on my bookshelf here audio format he just pulled out lost encyclopedia by the yeah. arthur's person and uh, people uh david Damon. and carlton cues <laughs> obviously um so I, I only bring this out because as soon as while I look fli- up one of the numbers here, while you're flipping uh, through it, will it, give I, a million examples of them. I will say I do try to joke. Well, I say jokingly, but maybe it's serious. I don't know yet. Um, have a rule of thumb that like like an old school bar argument, you're not allowed to Google anything. You're just supposed to no. go off of your memory. However, you pulling a book from a shelf is that's. <laughs> fucking that's valid you might not be allowed to google anything but this motherfucker has the book mega lottery four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three i'm pretty sure those numbers he said earlier he wins the podcast prize of (laughs) being on again for any episode of your choosing (laughs) all right death stranding here we go so like no 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 back right what's your back right (laughs) go ahead tell the audience back right Look no, at, look at your screen in the back right. 
Oh, uh, other way. Yeah, yeah. If you're pointing at it, <laughs> yeah. Nope. Let that, that, uh, close to that. Luchador mask. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to be yeah. on again for? Oh, I've got. <laughs> I'm going to be on for wrestling. That's a yeah, thousand percent. I could nerd out about that for for ages too. This motherfucker's going to be on for wrestling. All right, lost. So <laughs> there's numbers. Great. So like, how many yes, seasons so the num- does the numbers go through? All. It, all. it is all seasons. It is so like the plane that crashed is flight eight fifteen eight fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, at one point like. Uh, Hurley, the character you're mentioning, like runs through the airport to to try to catch the plane during one of his flashbacks, and he sees a soccer team, like you know, get Score. off one of the planes and walk by. Oh. No, the back of the jerseys, four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty, forty-two. Every instance of any number in that show basically is going to be any of those numbers or a combination of them, like uh. all of them. Uh, so at one point, the hatch that they find. Uh, mm-hmm. In season one, the serial number that's etched onto it, four, eight, fifty, sixty, twenty, thirty, four. Like it, are, that's nice. That's this weird through line yeah. throughout the entire show. Um, here, I'm going to close the book so I don't feel like cheating. Um, <laughs> but I, I so, believed you because when you showed the camera, I was just like, "This motherfucker <laughs> knows what he's talking about. This goddamn nerd oh, needs to calm this. down." <laughs> uh, so, so. Back to Hurley's kind of backstory. He wins the lottery using these numbers. Uh, and so he's, you know, the richest guy, hundreds of million dollars. Uh, and he his life is miserable. Uh, so the chicken shack that he worked at gets hit by a meteor. Uh, his, uh, like, family hates him. Uh, he ends up going uh, to, like, some sort of uh, mental clinic uh, because he's just, like, convinced that these numbers are haunting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just needs to escape. He needs to get out of there. So he takes this flight on flight 815. And again, this is better judgment. He goes to this island because he sees these numbers everywhere and they're just haunting him. And then he gets to the island and these numbers are still everywhere. But when he gets there... Like, he, basically, his life is infinitely better. So, like, this it's this weird thing where the island is either people's, like, best friend because it's helping them or it's actively hurting them. And then Hurley is one of those people after season four that get off the island. And then you see his flash forwards of him after he gets off. Terrible. Miserable. Hates it. Absolutely miserable. He winds up back in that same uh santa rosa like uh, medical place like he, he's absolutely uh in a miserable place and it's it's again it's this that's what i love about the show it's not the the huge solutions to the mysteries or the huge things here and there it's like the 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 journey that you have to take to get there and the weird conflicting uh philosophical arguments to get there there's a lot uh, of dichotomy I, stuff constantly absolutely constantly one of my like if i had to choose my favorite word in the english language it would probably be dichotomy a because how many syllables you get out of so many little little letters and b just like that that just structure of how things that are black and white like there's like a venn diagrams i love i I don't want to say i love venn diagrams but the way you (laughs) see how things connect together 
and the way yeah. you see the strings between things. God, it's just like it, it's just it's what I love. It's just trying to find the balance between yang and yang. Hey, side story real fast. I haven't thought about this yeah. in a while, but sure, why not? My mom told me that when I was in kindergarten, she got a call from the principal and I was in a lot of trouble because apparently and she had known that I was coming home from random amounts of quarters. Like one day it was $5 worth of quarters. She was like, where did you get that? I was like, oh, don't worry about it. But I had gotten in trouble because I'm not even very artistic. But apparently I figured out how to draw a yin yang, which is very easy to draw. And started drawing yeah. it for kids. I was just like, oh, do you want one in pink and blue? Do you want one in green and yellow? And I would sell them for a quarter or 50 cents a piece. So I guess Why at some point trouble for that. You're, you're fucking, an entrepreneur. Like, I know they just don't like <laughs> capitalism. I guess. <laughs> I hate the little Bastards. guy. <laughs> they they Bastards. they crushed my creativity for many many years to come. <laughs> so I guess from a very yeah. young age, I very liked that like uh, the difference between black and white. And I'm not a person yeah. who thinks the world is in black and white. And by any no, means. But yeah. like I do like the the spectrum of different things, but yeah. that was a like, weird side tangent. No, I it it transitions perfectly. Literally in the first season of the show, uh, the guy who who I said is like my favorite character in fiction. His name is John Locke. Named is that after the, the science guy or the philosophical author. guy? He's more the philosophical guy. He's basically uh, he was the guy who uh, was in a wheelchair and then was able to to stand but he, he is there for for fourth known as professor xavier in my head continue <laughs> continue he is, he is bald as well which doesn't help my standing yes um but yeah he he's he's my favorite character so at one point in season one he is literally like he finds uh an othello no isn't it othello board yeah it is with like uh, othello is like the game with the white rocks and the black rocks and he he like gives this speech to one of the the kids who's also like stranded on the island, this guy Walt, uh, and he's like, you know, one, and, and he kind of lays it out very plainly. But it's the theme that plays throughout the whole show. Like, one side is light, one side is dark. This is just how yeah. the game is played. And as the show goes on, and this is transitioned perfectly, I'm getting to the smoke monster thing. I swear, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you find out throughout the the show as like the sciencey parts of the early seasons about the hatches and the psychological experiments, like very science heavy in the beginning. And that slowly transition into like, well, they end up finding these people from the Dharma initiative who, who like built the hatches or live in the hatches. And they're like, Oh yeah, we all worship this guy, Jacob. And it's like, well, who's Jacob? Yeah, don't worry about it. It's very secretive. And then they go into it, go into it. And then eventually you find out who Jacob is. And he's, he's like, he's basically this like Jesus like, godlike entity who's just a dude who's just like you know he's just a guy who's who's there who lives on the island and he basically is the white rock and then his brother is the man in black who's like the black stone uh and and they are in constant headbutting against each other like they are these infinite gods basically who live on this island who play this game throughout all of time to see whether man is innately good or innately evil. Jacob Wait, believes so man within, is innate. Yes. <laughs> within the show, are they yes. mythical beings or is that a, a cap that you put on their heads to make it easier to explain cap? That is a cap because the show is excellent 
about only giving you the answers that you need. Show don't and... tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barely show little tell. <laughs> <laughs> but it but in a brilliant way, because it makes yeah. you think and it makes you kind of fill in some blanks. And I think that's yeah. kind of why people started hating the show toward the end, because they were like, there's too many blanks. But to me, I love that because I loved, you know, it's kind of like uh, it, they say in like Jaws, like they didn't show the shark because whatever they show is isn't as scary as what you have in your mind. So mm, it's like nerd side note, nerd side note. <laughs> do you know that yeah. the uh, apparently Seth MacFarlane, which I do appreciate as a person, he's working yeah. on a new Spawn movie and he says he wants to make Spawn, who's supposed to be the main fucking character of spawn he wants to make yeah. him like the shark and jaws where he's like barely in it at all how how show choice. me how and i'll appreciate it yeah i don't even know how you do that honestly the creator uh, of spawn literally well, said hey the movie next movie we're going to do about spawn that i'm working on really hard at and it'll be out soon we're going to make spawn barely there continue with jaws that's weird um <laughs> but yeah yeah the, the basic and again this doesn't come into play until like the finale of season five and then into season six but it's like jacob is this guy on the island who again basically has lived there since ancient roman times if not longer and he believes that man is innately good and he will uh using his powers again barely explained but for the right reasons um will bring people onto the island through his his ways whether that's a, a boat coming there whether that's a plane crashing whether that's whatever he will bring these people to the island in an effort to try to prove his brother the man in black wrong that he says uh, oh man just wants to fight and kill each other and they're all innately evil and i'm going to prove it by um tempting them to like either join my side or you know give them all this power so they can kill off all your people and that's like the that's the backstage uh push and pull of what's going on in the show and so the times that you see it peek through on the show are in these exact discussions throughout the show like the science and faith like is the button right and wrong uh should we want to leave should we want to stay like these are all the the debates that these quote-unquote gods are having like behind the scenes but where do they peek through on the show is in those like real moments um is that between say would you say season three and five highlights um partially yeah if every season is broken down into like like i can give you a one sentence explanation of basically every season and that's something i really like about the show too um like like season one is them dealing with the plane crash finding the hatch and then figuring out whether they should open it season two is all about the hatch and what whether they should press the button or not Mm -hmm. season three is the ramifications of not hitting the button and finding these people who lived in the hatches on the other side of the island and their conflict Mm -hmm. um season four is a boat finds them a boat finds the islands who claims they're going to rescue them, but it's a disguise to try to kill them. And it's yeah, I was ready to say to... claims the way you said claims. Yeah. Had me doubting. 
There's a lot That's of quotations around that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Huge quotations. That's the famous. Well, I'll get to Charlie in a minute. That's one of my other favorite characters. Um, season five is the time travel season. So season five, literally uh, at the end of season four, they spin a frozen donkey wheel and it unsticks the island in time. <laughs> bashing his head with the mic um, <laughs> yeah that, so the audio did not pick that up but i did hit my head the mic into my head out of frustration of a donkey a frozen donkey wheel so season five I can, I can find the frozen donkey wheel in the encyclopedia and show you what it looks like if you'd like we're gonna have a quick um, break while he shows me the frozen donkey wheel hold it the frozen donkey wheel on one podcast and it will stick in lost fans minds forever I hit play at some point without Bob realizing it. I paused the episode prior <laughs> and I want him to explain again how a donkey wheel has nothing but all to do with the donkey. That's correct. Um... So usually a donkey pushes it, but in this screenshot that he sent me, a human is pushing uh, it, it. A human man is pushing it. In fact, a man named Ben Linus. Uh, so this is one of the uh, first um, arc. arc- are, are archaeological and um, like kind of uh, technology that uh, humans invented was having animals do things for us. Yes, which is mm-hmm. why it's one of the most ancient things on that island. It's you one can of the lead earliest a horse. Things on there. You can lead a horse to the water. You can't make it drink. You can spin a donkey in the circle, but if you freeze it, it dies. Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's what that the name philosophy? of the episode. <laughs> That's the name of the season four finale. <laughs> no, no. Explain to me Smoke Monster again. <sighs> okay, so we're getting we're getting there. We're working our way through. We're working our way through. So Jacob and his brother, philosophical debate. We're on man second good, episode for season one, second episode for anybody ke- uh, catching no. up. <laughs> this is very late. This is late game stuff. Um, but. Uh, they they finally after Jacob and 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 the smoke monster are kind of seen as these you know omniscient beings for quite Jacob a while. Good, smoke monster bad for the most part, yes. Or at least Jacob's belief is that man is good, and and smoke monster's belief is that humans are innately bad. Their their actual actions can be perceived as good and bad, depending. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's again kind of the 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 weirdness of the show yes that what a what a great word (laughs) dichotomy um which is that show is all about is the dichotomy um so they finally give the flashback of because the only person around when the uh plane crash survivors are there the oceanic 815 folks the main cast of the show uh is uh jacob they eventually find him in like season five uh i believe um, but you hear about him, you see him in silhouette occasionally, though it might not really be him, it might be another guy. Um, and you you hear all about him, but it's just like the, the main forces on the show are, are like Jacob and the smoke monster. So it's not until the flashback for Jacob in season six, where you find out that he's this like thousands of year old person who uh, showed up, um, uh, basically this woman who is never given a name, just called Mother, who I believe is Roman, uh, uh, shipwrecked onto the island. There was a woman already there on the island. That that was Rose from the Titanic. For just so you know. <laughs> there's there's actually another character named Rose on on Lost too. Uh, she's the one who had uh, uh, cancer prior to showing up on the show, and then uh, the island healed her. 
uh, and her husband Bernard, who's a lovely, lovely fella. Um, <laughs> but uh, you find out through the flashback, this woman, pregnant woman, shipwrecks onto the island, gives birth to these two kids. There was a woman already on the island uh, who takes the kids and kills her and then raises the kids to be her own. So she's like the first kind of godlike character on this show, basically. Uh, and she's, she's also the kind of first cane, too, if you ask me. Kind of bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, played by Allison Janney. Is that the name of the actress? Allison Janney? I don't know. Um, Fuck if I know, dude. And, <laughs> and she raises these two kids. One is Jacob and one is the man in black. Again, never given a name. Um, and uh, at one point they are uh, arguing. I believe because I, I forget the exact order of operations here, but I know at one point the man in black kills his own mother uh, and then they have an argument about it. I, I'm pretty sure that happens afterwards because that's the thing brothers would have an argument about. And <laughs> uh, Jacob kind of in the tussle uh, kills his brother and he smashes his head against a rock. Can enable. Very much so. And he... You know, they, they're fans of their, like, religious philosophy classes. You could tell, like, they, they paid attention during those. Um, uh, point Case in point, the name of the biggest scientific thing is called the Dharma Initiative. Dharma being, like, this huge, like, Buddhist philosophy. Um, but he smashes the man of black's head against the rock. He goes down a river, and it goes down to a river into the, what is called the heart of the island, a.k.a. that magical light that controls all of life and death. Uh, and when he goes into that light, because he has this like unpure heart, basically, uh, he comes out as this smoke monster. Um, and the smoke monster is now like the, uh, point of judgment on the island, but through a skewed perspective of someone who thinks that humans are all innately bad. So mm. he lets people live, he lets people be, but if they kind of wrong him and if he sees people and he doesn't believe that they're following his way of life, then he's going to kill them, uh, which he does to several of the people on the show. So if you had to start with the cast of, let's say, 30, how many people survive on the island? Is it like, do they start uh, with like 100 and then they kill off, say, five throughout season one? Or how? what's the death count like on this? Great question. Um, there is quite a lot of death on the show. So in terms of main characters, there's probably ballparking like 20. So the, the actual number of survivors is never exactly told, I don't think. It's somewhere in the ballpark of 100. Like if it was 80 something, who knows? But somewhere in the ballpark of 100, like people survived the plane crash. How many of those are just like, you know, not uh, like Star Trek red shirts and not just like background people? <laughs> yeah. Those are about 20. Those are your main cast okay. of characters. Okay. So in season one, I think like at least one, maybe two people die. Ethan definitely dies in season one. Uh, Spoilers, dude. Couple... Damn. <laughs> I just explained the whole philosophy of the show. <laughs> no, no, the guy no, dies in episode 12. It's like, <laughs> that's too far. That's too far. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, so so he dies. His sister dies in season two. A lot of people die in season two. 
Mr. Echo during three. But then they introduced more characters because the tail section of the plane survived. They are introduced in season two. So that introduces a couple more main characters. Is so, everybody well, that shows up on the boat bad? In season four? Um, kind of. Except for, well, Michael is like a stowaway on the boat. So here's the thing with the boat. All right, I'll get to, I'll get to the boat. Um, so do you know anything about the character of Charlie on the show? He has, he had kind of a meme. I, I don't even want to call it a meme. Cause it's just like an iconic moment from the show, but, um, I'm going to say long... no. Okay. Okay. So, so here's, here's the quick and dirty kind of rundown of, of the character of Charlie. And I have to explain a, a separate character to, to make this moment really mean something. So the character of Charlie, he is a washed up British rock musician who's on he board has a the mullet. Plane. I googled it. I cheated. He has a fucking he's also, mullet. <laughs> he's also the the elf from Lord of the Rings. He he rules. Oh, what do you see with your elf eyes? <laughs> so he is this washed up, like basically one hit wonder uh, rock musician, and he is also hopelessly addicted to heroin. Uh, so in all of his flashbacks, they show he's going to eat like he's just he, he destroys all the relationship, all the relationships in his life with his band members, his family, his girlfriend, all this stuff because of his addiction gets on the plane. He crashes. He thinks this is finally my chance to beat it because I'm on a desert island. Like, what could I, you know, of course, there's nothing here. Halfway through season one, they find this little uh, beach craft, like two person plane. That, that like was just on like hanging off a tree uh, on the island that was already there full of heroin. The thing crashes filled with heroin <laughs> it was a drug smuggler plane but that's the dichotomy of the show it's like is this island good is this island bad it's like tempting them to do all these bad things then he goes down this whole spiral again he ends up cleaning himself up again because he falls in love with this uh, girl who's also on the island claire uh, and, and basically he's, you know, a good guy toward, you know, his arc in the show. So let's let's put a pin in, in Charlie's story right now, because this is going to come up in a second. Then there's a character called Desmond. Desmond's one of the most interesting characters on that show. Yeah, so, he's in Assassin's Creed, too, right? <laughs> Dang it. <Keep> Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, you're good. You're good. Uh, so the question of what's in the hatch Right? Everyone wants to know what's in the hatch. The answer What's is... in the hatch? <laughs> what's in the what's box? In the, hatch? <laughs> the, que- the answer is Desmond. It's this dude who's at the bottom of the hatch, mm. who's been there for, I think by that point, like four years or two years. And all he has to do is he can't sleep and he can't leave. And he can't even like really forage for food or do anything. He just needs to live down in this hatch because every 108 minutes he needs to press a button or he's told the world is going to end. So he, he lives mm. down there. So when they open Does the hatch, he the, the one, one who carries on to the cast of characters. Sorry, we, we uh, cross talked. I apologize for that. Um, no, 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 you're good. Does he is he the one that conveys to the cast of characters that he they need to hit the button? Yes. I stepped on your lines. I apologize. Please continue. <laughs> no, I love the questions. I love them. I'm, I'm a fan of questions, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> uh, 
so so Desmond is is exactly he's the one who kind of passes that responsibility along to the rest of the castaways. Um, uh-huh. But and then it's, but as soon as other people like he's got, you know, 80, 20, however many people to take over his job. So he goes, I'm out. I've been down in this thing for years. Yeah. I'm getting the heck out of here because I haven't done anything. So he bails. Uh, he he ends, he has a sailboat basically that he has on the island that he ended up getting there with. Long story short, and he uh, leaves through most of season two. But because the island is you know the island. magical and doesn't it, it doesn't let people leave unless it wants to, he can't leave. Like the boat just basically goes in an infinite circle and comes back to the island. Um, so he gets back there at the end of season two. Uh, he's the one who is in the middle of the big explosion when they decide not to press the button. And because of this, he gains these powers to see into the future. Heroes season three. A little bit, a little (laughs) bit (laughs) heroesy. But because of this, now he just lives with the other castaways because he's, he's stuck there. They don't have a hatch anymore. They don't have a button. He just lives with them now. So Desmond's hanging out there and he can see into the future. And so like he can see when a boar is go- about to tackle somebody and he, and he saves it. And it's like, Oh um, yeah. The, the branch over there was going to fall. I didn't want you climbing it, but like, he can't say that or people are going to know he has these powers. So he just kind of like keeps dancing around it. And then throughout all of season three, he, he keeps doing all this stuff. And they're like, why do you like, what do you keep seeing? And he goes, what i can see every single time i'm like saving you know i'm I'm telling you don't do that or don't do this don't do this what i see in my head is the character of charlie dying and all he does through season three is preventing him from dying uh so we get to the finale of season three <laughs> they know charlie, was charlie the addict charlie was the addict yes okay who's 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 by this point is is cleaned up and full good guy um uh so Desmond is basically like his best bud because they keep he keeps saving him basically. Um so at the end of season three, <clears throat> they have a, a they find an intercom through you know X, Y, and Z reasons, and <laughs> they hear that a boat is coming. Uh actually, no, the, the a woman from the boat parachutes onto the island. It's a whole thing. But long story short, <laughs> they know a boat is coming. Uh, and it's this big like freighter uh, uh, is coming to the island and they are told that the boat is from this woman named Penny and Penny is Desmond's girlfriend who lives off island. Uh, super rich, very connected, huge storyline there. Um, her father is actually one of the major villains of the show through other means. But, you know, it's that's their relationship. <laughs> Wait. Wait, this is what an don't audio you format. There's an yeah. audio format. I'm doing that elementary school, grade school, very like, let's make a tea timeout with Time, your hands. Make a tea, yeah. I made a huge fucking, I threw Bob way off. Bob said the word, <laughs> another big villain of the show is some rich yeah. daddy. Yes, Charles Woodward. Tell me about yes. Daddy Warbucks. Uh, I will in like... Right after this story, because he's involved in another story. Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. (laughs) I'm going to give you a couple of big arcs here, and this is one of the big ones. So they think the freighter is coming and it's Penny's boat. And and Desmond is like, I, you know, I adore Penny. I can't wait to see her. Got to do it. Uh, The only way they can 
make contact with the people on the boat to tell them how to get there is if they turn off this like jamming uh, sensor thing that the Dharma Initiative, the, the people in the hatch, set up and it's underwater. And what do you know? The only people that can swim that well is Charlie. So Charlie and Desmond have to go down to this underwater base to turn off this jamming equipment so they can get a boat there. A little convoluted, but that's what it is. <laughs> so they get down there. Uh, long story short, it all goes awry because they, they meet this evil guy down there who wants to kill him because they kind of killed him earlier in the season, but he wasn't actually dead. He was just really hurt. And so he comes back for revenge and he finds him in the base. Um, and the long and short of it is Desmond and Charlie are down at this underwater base. Charlie, and this is season three. This is finale of season three. Um, Charlie is turning off the jamming equipment. The evil guy breaks this window on this underwater base. So, like, it's flooding in. Uh, Charlie uh, immediately goes and shuts the door to this little room that he's in with the radio and the jamming stuff so it doesn't kill Desmond. And because Charlie this whole season has been dealing with his own death and preventing it, he's just like, I'm willing to die the hero's death. Like, I'm I'm cool with this now. As long as this is for the right reasons, I'm fine Very with Very Hemingway hero. But it's so cool. Such a cool moment for him. While he's, like, accepting his own death, jamming equipment's off. A video comes in, and it's Penny. It's Desmond's girlfriend. Penny, uh, uh, Desmond hears it and goes, oh, I, I, I know her. Like, that's that's her. That's who I've been talking about this whole time. And Charlie goes, oh, my God, Desmond's right out here. But he's, you know, the room is, is shut. It's filling with water, the whole deal. And he's like, we're going to your boat. You know, it's it's right off, off the shore. And she goes, what are you talking about? And Charlie goes, oh, oh, no. <laughs> this isn't your boat. These people who are claiming that it's Penny to get in good with Desmond and good getting good with the survivors, they're just lying. They're just straight up lying. So Charlie now has like 20 seconds before he dies. Room is filling with water. He pulls a Sharpie out of his pocket because that's a running theme. He keeps like sharpening stuff on his knuckles and, you know, and he just writes three words and it's like three super iconic words for any lost fan ever. He just writes the words, not Penny's boat. And to this day, that phrase, not Penny's boat, and he puts it up against the glass of the door and Desmond looks at it. Charlie waters past his eyes like Charlie's just staring at him, smiling like this is my hero's thing. Like I'm getting the message out. And that's and then Charlie just dies. And that's the end of his story. But now they know Desmond's the only person who has that message that like this boat is evil. This boat is here for bad purposes and we shouldn't trust them. I literally Googled earlier two words, and that was Charlie lost. And this is pretty much the primary picture that popped up. And I I saw it earlier, and I was just like, no pen, boo? Because it doesn't show the (laughs) whole hand. And I was like, what? (laughs) And then for you to finally explain what no pen, boo means, like, that's not what I should title the episode is no pen, boo. But no, <laughs> it's okay. I'll, I'll keep what I have. <laughs> so that is like the iconic moment from Charlie and, and for a lot of Lost. Like everyone basically agrees up until that point was like Lost was a great show. Yeah. Uh, dep- you know, some people will say it kind of fell off after that. I loved it throughout. But so a lot of people saw that and a lot like that's an iconic moment. Um, 
(laughs) And then it leads to more like the best episode of the show is kind of universally agreed on is the fourth season, which is called The Constant. Mm -hmm. So it involves Desmond. That's why I had to explain Desmond for you. Desmond, (laughs) Desmond is on the boat. It's him and a couple other people. um, And like basically the the boat had a bunch of military guys hired by uh penny's father to go on the boat and uh, to go on the boat find the island and just kill everybody um so those military guys are on the island but desmond is on the boat and so he's like we need to figure out a way to like fix this but at the same time his future visions since they're not linked to charlie anymore are just going haywire and he can't tell the difference between the past and the present and the future like he's just all over the place and so his mind is like collapsing and hemorrhaging because he can't figure out what time he's in and he keeps jumping between all these time periods so they show him like in in one of his visions of the past talking to this doctor at like harvard who's like yeah i've been doing experiments on all these mice who are suffering from the same thing you are like i'm doing all these time experiments with these mice and what they need to find is a constant uh basically something that's the same in your past and your present um to link to and if you don't find whatever that is you you're gonna die because your brain can't figure out what time it is well yeah but you're talking about the uh the spin top from um uh inception uh, honestly, yeah, very, very, very much the same concept. It's like, but token, Desmond, token is who, what they like, thought. Yeah, he needs to, f- but he's on an island in the middle of nowhere, uh, completely unrelated to his old life. What could he possibly find as a constant to connect him to his old life of living in England? So it's sure. this whole episode of him. Teacups. Oh? <laughs> Not teacups. So he goes through this whole episode and basically it's like, again, him unstuck in time. So it's him like collapsing in the present and then he winds up in the past and it's him on a date with Penny from like, you know, five years earlier. And but it's like he still kind of remembers Island stuff and he kind of remembers the past. But he again, he doesn't quite know. And so he's just like this is he, he literally warps back to when they break up and he's like, listen, you don't Eternal have to sunshine the spotless mind. <laughs> Yeah, which I which I love that movie too. But <laughs> and so it's it's him like, listen, you don't have to like me, you don't have to love me, you don't have to hate me. Just trust me that in five years on Christmas Eve, I'm gonna call you. Don't change your phone number. Just trust Ooh. me for anything ever. Just trust me. And she's like, I hate you. Get out of my life. Boom. And then he warps back to the present. And so now his his nose is bleeding, his ears are bleeding. He just needs. So he's struggling through this boat, and by the end of the episode, he finds the radio room, and he picks up the phone, and he calls up a number, and it's dramatic, ring, 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 blood's dripping out of his nose, and she answers. And it's Christmas Eve, he doesn't even know it, he's just on this boat in the middle of the ocean, answers, boom, he found his constant, he's good. He found Penny, it's the only thing that connects him to his past life. That is universally agreed on, like the best episode of Lost <laughs> ever. Fuck, that was because it's the constant, the constant season four of Lost. It is like nine point nine on IMDb or whatever. Like everyone, I don't Damn. care what you think about Lost, everyone loves that episode because it rules. <laughs> um, 
absolutely phenomenal. Um, so that's kind of the boat. <laughs> then they end up blowing up I'm the on boat, boat. And... I'm on a boat. <laughs> yeah, they, they blow it up by the end of it, and it's a whole thing. And yeah. <laughs> um, oh, damn, dude. But, you're you're uh, kind so, of selling so... me on this show. It's still only on Hulu, which is my big block of watching it because is it then really? ads, which, come on. Oh, I've tried looking elsewhere. It's only on Hulu. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. All I right. just buy I'll, the I'll whole DVD you... set. DVD is cheaper than Blu-ray. I got the full box set right there. <laughs> you want to know? Hey, how do you feel like here's... loading to a podcast host? Keep going on your thing. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even have a DVD player anymore. Does a PS5 play DVD? I don't know. <laughs> um, Yo, side note so... for listeners: I was supposed to have my oh. fucking PS5 today. Okay, and I oh, told Bob Yule, I was like, you get better. I was like, you better feel important because I'm going to choose to interview and talk and hang out with you over <laughs> unboxing my PS5. That's huge. Fucking PS5 never showed up, so it doesn't matter anyway. Oh, it better. So they, uh, my wife brutal. stayed home from work. Or not, well, my wife stayed home today. Her work is taking the kid out to a park. Being a mom is a hard job. That's I sound sarcastic yeah. when saying that, but it's not. <laughs> or It's not sarcastic. Yeah. It is a hard job. Anyways. They said they knocked on the door. They didn't. They're fucking liars, UPS. Always. Don't sue me for slander. When you listen to this episode. <laughs> Anyways, I don't have a PS5, so I'm just talking to Bob either way. But right. you have DVDs. Yes, PS5 can probably play DVDs. Here, Here's a fun behind the scenes of the DVDs. So that box set, they put out a full... Uh, the, the, the DVD extras that they always did... So you got did. the Steel Book or... Oh, this is a... Uh, a pagoda of <laughs> it's that it's like a pyramid without the point it's like a pyramid if you chopped it in half and just the bottom part was there um gotcha yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's it's to actually like replicate a place in the show that they get to in season six called the temple um but it is filled with all these weird like it has a um so an item in season six is an ankh, which is like the Egyptian symbol of life. It's like a cross with a little t- a circle on top, basically. Oh, yeah. Ra. Ramu. Ra. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> so they have one of those because in season six, they, they have an item of that and they have to break it open to get an item inside, blah, blah, blah. But in the box set, they give you a tiny plastic one of them, but you have to like crack it in half to get a secret note out of the middle of it. Then on the note, it's got all this writing, but then it also comes with a Dharma Initiative black light. And if you shine the black light on the note, it gives you secret instructions. That's like, what do these instructions mean? It's just like weird arrows and stuff. You don't know what you're supposed to do with it. If you take the black light to the box set itself on the underside of the cover of the DVD box set, there's a map like this real, you know, ancient looking map of the island. If you put the black light on it, there's little arrows that look like a circle, like telling you to rotate it. If you physically rotate the embossed island on the cover of the box, you, it, it takes a little bit of power, but it nudges and moves. You can remove a layer off of the cover and there's a secret DVD in the disc that <laughs> they don't tell you about anywhere on the box unless you have this blacklight and you start following the clues. 
and there's like deleted scenes, extra scenes, all this stuff on the disc. Then they have a double secret on that disc. If you follow the note that was inside the onk and you put the black light on it, it has all these arrows. If you put that in at the DVD menu of the secret disc, it plays a double secret scene that you only see on that secret disc. That's just the box set. <laughs> how, like, think about how much care they put into this show. That's what they just did with the DVDs. So I genuinely put forth real effort of not interrupting a guest while they're talking about something like that. It, it like may not seem DVD. like it of all the times I yelled the word interjection, like I'm fucking a fan of what's his name? Phoenix, right? Phoenix, right? Yeah. yeah but. The last thought you gave me was Gravity Falls and the point where there's so many mysteries behind the mysteries, and it's such a good cartoon. I would say somebody who hasn't watched Lost, it's the cartoon equivalent of Lost. Have you ever played um, Cards Against Humanity? I have, yes. Do you know about the bigger, blacker box? Uh, Like the expansion box? uh, Yeah. Do you know about the expansion box? I... I I know it exists. I don't know anything beyond that. You don't know about the secret about the bigger, bigger blacker box. I don't. They think literally I do don't give any hint to it. But most people I know have figured it out. You literally just have to cut in the middle of the box, and like in no like somewhere in the middle of the box. If you cut it open through the cardboard, there's a card that it looks like one of those holographic Charizards that you get from Pokemon. Yeah. Except all it says is the bigger blacker card. It just it, it's a oh, card wow. that you can play that says bigger blacker. It's just like a weird <laughs> it, collectible Easter egg. Yes, and it's in the middle of all of the 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 box I stuff, love, basically. Yeah, that's that's what the secret disc is on this thing. <laughs> I had a third point I too, but I stuff. lost it somewhere. Um, Lost, blah, 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 blah. Well, here, I'll, I'll let you think about it while I explain one more <laughs> okay. arc of the show. <laughs> oh, please so, do. This is, one of my, this is one of my favorite kind of arcs of the show is season five. So it's very easy to just say it's the time travel season because it is. Uh, <laughs> but Flash forwards, so cool. though, right? Uh, well, five, actually, because it's time traveling, most of the time they don't do a flashback or a flash forward they just like show what's happening to the people that are stuck in the 70s because some people are and they show the people that are in current day that's kind of umbrella academy like actually they go time travel-y they go full time travel i i I didn't see umbrella academy so i can't say um even though i've heard good things i know i know um (laughs) so the the long and short of it is uh at the end of uh or actually somewhere mid through season four i believe um they turn this uh frozen donkey wheel uh while uh like six no eight people are off the island on a separate boat that actually penny did bring in response to charlie a good boat so those eight people get rescued and they're on the boat and they're actually actually full on rescue. They they're the ones who go back to the real world. The people that are on the island, donkey wheel spins, they're unstuck in time because the wheel determines the time of the island. 
and they all warp back to the 70s. They, they travel through different times, but they go back to the 70s. So now you have a group of people in the 70s and a group of people in, in the 20, whatever, 2007. Um, so they live their lives. They live their lives. Um, but they're like, well, you know, what are we going to do here? We eventually everyone who got off their life is so miserable that they want to go back. Not only some of them because their life is so miserable and some of them just want to rescue the people that are still stuck on the island. Uh, so eventually they <laughs> figure out that they need to basically create another plane crash by going over the island, which they do <laughs> through another flight and another uh, whole thing. And they wind up on the island, but they wind up back in the seventies along with everyone else. After they crash, they're just there in the seventies. And while they've been gone, the people who lived there, who were like warped back in time, the only way they can make, you know, make it through, not as survivors, they had to join the Dharma Initiative, the people who built those hatches back in the 70s. The survivors stuck in time in the 70s found the early Dharma Initiative people and were like, well, can we just live with you guys? And they were like, yeah, we're, we're a hippie commune, peace and love. Like, we're all about it. <laughs> so they live there with them. The other people show back up there with them, too. And at the end of the day, through a whole mess of shenanigans, they uh, figure out how to get back into time. Uh, so this one doctor, the same doctor who told Desmond about all of his experiments and all that stuff. Doctor, doctor, um, doctor, doctor. <laughs> um, he uh, winds up on the island through all these shenanigans, and he basically explains like small changes in time. Like if if you just you know uh, he goes like you know the butterfly effect is not exactly real when you're back in time like this because time is like a river, and if you throw a pebble in the river, the river is just going to wash right over it, and it's you're not going to notice that pebble. But if you throw a boulder in the river, it's going to divert the river. So you have to do something big enough that it's going to change all of time. And that's what's going to get you back to your timeline. So <laughs> again, through all these shenanigans in the past, there is a hydrogen bomb <laughs> on the island. I'm going to pistol whip the next person that says shenanigans. <laughs> hey, Barb, where's that restaurant you like to go to with all the stuff on the walls? Shenanigans? Uh, <laughs> so they unearth this H-bomb. <laughs> they bring it over to... <laughs> they bring it over to one of... They're building a new... Uh, uh, they're building a new hatch in the 70s. And so they're like... They're big construction scene. And all, these people are going to it. But then Hurley, the the you know the fellow with the curly hair and all that, he's one of these survivors who's who's still there, and he looks at this hatch that they're building and he sees a serial number on it, and it's four, eight, fifteen, sixteen. The hatch that they opened in season one, they're building right now. So, this is where again, beautiful dichotomy. What's that? Uh, the um. The snake that eats its own tail. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes. I, I would just call it snake eating its own tail. I don't snake know. Snake eating its own tail. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. 
get your tickets now folks it's gonna be more expensive at the door um <laughs> so uh long story short they they end up throwing this hydrogen bomb down the the shaft that the hatch was built into and what they're trying to do is they don't know if they are preventing the thing in the hatch in all of season two that made them press the button or are they the exact result of the incidents and shenanigans that caused them to build that button (laughs) these are the lovely things in lost that i love and they actually leave that as a cliffhanger from season five to season six uh but but the actual answer is they are the cause of their own destiny. Like them throwing the bomb down that shaft. Basically, the rest of Dharma was like, we need to cover this up with enough concrete and diffuse away all this like energy and radioactive whatever and electromagnetism. Like, and the only way we know how to do that is by pressing a button every 108 minutes. And if we don't do that, this bomb is going to go off. So they were... Them going back to the 70s created the scenario that got them stuck like 40 years later. I love that. <laughs> I, I as, as frustrated as I am right now as a listener <laughs> to you, I cannot imagine yes. the listener of this podcast. I also am on board for this, that this head trippiness, like, yeah, like I whether or not like as somebody who has not seen the show, like it is very possible that the show uh, to my likings or other people's likings did not connect like the wires, but they did accomplish one thing, and that is making you, Bob, appreciate the wires that they crossed together and the spider web that oh. they have created. And then that's enough for so me. Like so. if you can touch one fan, it's had this <laughs> kind of uh diatribe that diatribe whatever that word is that you just had it's fucking phenomenal like you made me want to watch your version of lost (laughs) that is not on hulu and somehow netflix got the rights to it why is it on hulu i don't understand that at all i i can probably send you like like a couple of months ago during quarantine like i just went down a rabbit hole of like i'm gonna go on youtube and i'm gonna find my five favorite like scenes from that show like the and one of us? them was yeah like you know because people is that like your secret bob is that your secret you never watch actually watch loss you just watch i the never best. i just i just watched the best of it's okay <laughs> it's fine it still made show. a good episode <laughs> <laughs> but like like that moment i told you where the guy smashes the computer and he just stares at the screen and he goes i was wrong or like the the um at one point, like there's a well, this is going to be a whole nother thing, but the the bad guys basically have the good guys captive, and at gunpoint, uh, it's in the, it's in the same episode that Charlie has to turn off the jammer underwater and all that kind of jazz, and the leader of the bad guys and the leader of the good guys are like alone in a field with an intercom, and the bad guys are like, we have kidnapped three of your friends and we're going to shoot them in the head unless you tell your people not to keep doing this. Like we're not turning off this radio jammer. And uh, if you keep trying to do it, we're going to shoot three of them in the head. And it's the leader of this thing. Who's the doctor guy. Who's like doctor, doctor. I've never, <laughs> this is actually a different doctor than doctor, 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 doctor cubed. Um, and it's him like 
in the best acting that I've ever seen him do of this pained expression. Like, do I save three people's lives or potentially save 35? Was that the like, trolley di- dilemma? Trolley yeah. Dilemma. Yeah. But it's, it's literally that, but like him just like, and you don't see anything, which I think makes it even more powerful. Like he's just staring at a man holding an intercom and it's like, you got 10 seconds. And he goes, I'm not going to do it. He goes, you got five seconds. He goes, I'm not going to. And he's just like so pained with whatever decision he has to make. And you just hear three gunshots through the intercom. Boom, boom, boom. And like, it's him just like, like it was a no win scenario. And, and he just lost. And then he just takes the, like the bad. Wait, bag is all wait, 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 wait. Did yeah. you say? Did you actually say the sentence? He just lost in a conversation about the show. Lost. Oh, I, I did it. This is snake eating its own tail again. What was that? Leonardo DiCaprio pointing at the TV, holding a beer. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're all about here on Calm Down Nerd, folks. But like, like scenes like that are throughout this show, uh, and I. I you know that scene from the constant that's that, that I was explaining the scene where Charlie's dying like they have the, they have a great way of setting up these like ultra personal scenarios even if the stakes are supernatural and like god fighting god like at the end of the day it's like just a human and a human like all my favorite scenes are just like you know Charlie's stuck in a room because he's drowning or like yeah. Desmond calling his his girlfriend because it's the only thing that's literally going to keep him alive. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit supernatural and you have to kind of like let it wash over you. But like all those human moments, that's the reason I watch. I don't care about going back to it. I don't care about two witches throwing pew pew powers at each other and energy balls in the sky. Does that but actually happen? The, no, that's what happens in WandaVision. That's what I'm saying, though. Oh, to bring okay, it all. Okay, okay. Yeah. Like okay. those moments. Yeah, whatever. Those I don't know. But but the human moments, like the yeah. part, the parts of Wanda dealing with that grief is the exact same thing of like Charlie yeah. dealing with these addiction things. Like those are the moments that like, oh, like got me by the heartstrings. Oh, like, I'm speaking watching of, for that. Uh, Yakuza <laughs> like a dragon when uh, Ichiban yeah. every time he's just like, so there's a turn in uh, chapter seven or eight where mm-hmm. um, Ichiban and uh I'm trying I this I'm actually not trying to spoil because I think this game is worth playing blind. Um, oh god. Ichiban and somebody else though. is talking and the person is just like um you don't give a shit about me blah blah and he's just like no you're my brother. No matter what you're my yeah. brother like do what you want with me you are my brother and he's just like why blah blah. And like even like yeah. chapter 1 which I'll semi spoil this like Ichiban's original turn from someone who's in the yakuza and like the in the cusp of it and he has a conversation with someone who's just like um he says something like um you're like oh Ichiban says something like oh, I'm part of your family and the guy's like ah no you would say party wouldn't you he's like what do you mean and, and like you know this is very like uh uh, Bob, I know you play D&D, too. We'll get to that oh, in a yeah. different episode because that feels like an episode. <laughs> but uh, like that, uh, you know, uh, fuck, there's a rapper. You said you listen to 90s rap. I don't think you actually said that in this episode, but I know you listen to oh, 90s rap. There's, oh, uh, yeah, I think that was off. <laughs> but there. I do. Uh, there's yeah. a nerd rapper, Samus. <sighs> Not Samus. Anyways, there's a nerd rapper who has this famous line that says, like, um, 
no matter what, you'll always be in my family, like an RPG part of my party or something. Oh, no. God damn it. I'll look it up later. This is bothering me. And I can't remember right <laughs> now. But like if I was an RPG, I would choose you for my party or something like that. Like Ijibon uh-huh. is very much that like focus of nerd of, of just like that overtly human aspect of just like you know what we're going full full circle here with just like that nerdum of just like like knowing what you're into being super into it and yakuza like a dragon is a good example of like here's supposed to be this very gangster tough guy and at the end of the day he just learned those basic lessons from old school rpg he's like 8-bit game yeah. where he's just like these are the lessons you should know in life is just like be there for your party and protect the people that you care for and stuff like that. And somehow or another, I'm sure that translates to lost. If you think about it long enough. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> party RPG, uh, uh, chess wizard, Mikhail and the flame hatch. It's a whole Yo, thing. Speaking of chess wizard, <laughs> what the fuck ever happened to auto chess? And can you explain it to me? absolutely no no i don't think there's a soul on earth who knows what auto chess is <laughs> there was a fucking hot I think, summer where every gaming podcast i listened to was like auto chess is the next thing four months I later auto- <laughs> nobody talking about it auto yeah. chess was a prank auto chess was a prank done on me <laughs> because everyone claimed to know what it was but nobody i know could explain it to me i i'm convinced that it was just like this huge andy kaufman level prank <laughs> That reminds me, I do need to watch Man on the Moon. Oh, Man on the Moon's so good. I love, yeah. I love Andy Kaufman and Jim Carrey has a, a he's a, a bit out there, but his portrayal in that movie is phenomenal. So so good. Yeah. My wife is kind of wrestling Yeah, um, I I love all the ones that he's the, like the most grounded in, and I think that's Man on the Moon and Eternal Sunshine. Like those are the ones where he's like the least. I don't know. Like, Have you manic? seen fun with Dick and Jan? Oh, well, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember seeing that. Yeah, I forgot that movie existed. <laughs> I, wa- watch it a second time. It's good. It's underrated as one of his best. I, okay. I remember enjoying it, but I, I've only ever seen it once. And I think I rented it from probably like a blockbuster or something back in the day. My wife and I watched it randomly a year ago and it legitimately holds up much better than I thought it would. Like just wow. like, the humor on it is like kind of that randomness that you think of like liar, liar, but like the story in yeah. it is much less heavy. It's a very easygoing story, which to me, frankly, like things that aren't super like heady do probably stand the test of time. Um, more than things that are super bogged down with philosophy and things like that, which I mean, yeah. obviously I'm a thing of, uh, I'm a big fan of philosophies and um, deeper thinking, but the, the truth is fucking, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good analogy and frankly, the only I mean, thing there, I can think of is blue. There's, there's a reason people, there, there's a, there's a reason people eat cereal every morning and not a uh, 45 ounce steak because the steak is way heavier. I think it's the same thing with yeah. like the philosophy stuff. People like the lighter stuff for the everyday. You know, you, yeah, you save yeah. the steak for the special occasion, <laughs> and it's wonderful and it's amazing. But you, you can't have it every morning. You know. <laughs> Speaking of every morning, there's mm. a segue that didn't exist prior. What are you looking forward to in the next few mornings that we'll have? 
Ooh, good question. You know something very specific? I'll give you something super uber specific. Not even a media. Just something I'm excited about in my own life. That's what um, we're here for. We care about you, Bob yeah. Yule. Oh, come on now. Mr. Come Bob Yule, now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, you didn't call me Mr. I got to disconnect from the call. Hold on. Let me... <laughs> um, on Sunday, I'm going to my favorite uh, restaurant that they've recently reopened since the pandemic, and I'm so glad they made it through. Uh, I got takeout from them as much as possible, but to like 45 minutes away from me. So it was like not really a great option all the time, but I'm very glad they made it through. They do. It's a Chinese place. They do dim sum. Which I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's kind of like um, like Spanish tapas, you know, like small plates, but mm-hmm. it's uh chinese food but small plates so it's like mm-hmm. uh here's this wonderful handmade dumpling but there's three of them to a plate you know if you want it here they got a cart full of them uh oh they just made like fresh um hot peppers stuffed with this like shrimp paste and they're gonna bring it out and hand fry it for you right there at your table yeah it's you know here's here's two to an order uh, how many do you want Here's a here's a stuffed eggplant. Here's a, a cilantro wrap. I wasn't rice hungry paper, five minutes like... ago, but here we are. <laughs> it is one of my favorite places on earth. It's phenomenal quality food. Like I said, it's a it's a little bit of a ways off for me. They've been they haven't done indoor downing in a year and a half, if not more. Uh, so they reopened. I, I I'm getting a group together. I got a reservation. I'm going down on Sunday and. This entire week of work, that's the only thing in my brain, <laughs> is what I'm going to get from this dim sum place. Uh, I, I absolutely adore it. I so see. Is... You weren't looking forward to this podcast. <laughs> Listen, no, I no, was, no. but dim sum, <laughs> man. Dim I sum. <laughs> hey, so here's a random byline that I will always attribute to. Attribute to. That's not oh, how yeah. to say that at all. Here's a philosophy in life I live by. Mm. The best wings I've ever had are from Chinese restaurants. Facts. Facts. <laughs> For you audio listeners, which is everybody, he pointed at the cameras super fucking hard, <laughs> took a beat, and then said, yeah, no, he's right. This person yeah. right here, he is right. I don't know You're what it is right. because it's not something you would think to order from a Chinese food uh, menu. But yeah. like... So I grew up in uh, where I grew up at in Maryland, uh, Chesapeake Beach, for any like very specific listener. There's something we refer to as the octagon. It wasn't actually the name of the building, but the building was in the shape of the octagon. So if you're a tourist in that area listening right now, I can't tell you which building to go to. Find the one that looks like a (laughs) fucking octagon. If yeah, you're Google one with five points, that's a Pentagon. You're at the wrong one. That's in D.C. <laughs> go go three doors down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they always had really good chicken wings. And then I had, um, okay, Namaste is not a uh, Chinese restaurant. It's a different restaurant, but they have delicious wings as well. And then there's another Namaste place. Namaste is also got... the greeting of the Dharma Initiative, but that's a whole other thing. Go on. <laughs> is that a whole other lost thing? Yeah, it is. <laughs> we are out of lost territory, buddy. You lost oh, your privilege. <laughs> you never leave. You never leave lost territory. <laughs> Anyways, for whatever reason, yes. like this is a weird stereotype that I attribute to, but like Chinese restaurants have really good fucking wings. Like here we are. I'm really sorry. Good wings. Yeah, um, for real. 
I think uh, I, there has not been a restaurant activity that I've been excited for recently, but uh, I'm trying to think actually of the most recent thing I've been excited for about food. My wife has me eat more salmon recently because it's healthy. So there's that. Very good for you. Yeah. yeah. You know what I had a couple of weeks ago, actually, for the first time? A Korean barbecue. Somehow I never had it my entire life. Like where you uh, uh, like they have a little grill at your table. Like mm-hmm. a, a little indented circle right in the center of your your table, uh, that is just a, a, literally a grill, and they you like order a flat off the menu. Top or grill grill. It's like uh, it's it's slightly domed, but it's basically a flat top. Um, okay. uh, it, it's kind of kind of like a wok, but it's it's not technically. Um, yeah. and you you just order off a menu, and they just bring all this raw meat, seafood veggies sauces all this kind of stuff they have a whole sauce bar you make your own thing and you just like take the meat and dip it in this and dip it in this and throw it on the grill and it's like you you make it at the table like fresh it's unbelievably good i i absolutely like fell in love with it what my wife got me into where it's very similar to that it might actually be the same thing but like you would cook the meat like at the at the thing at the table and then you put cheese underneath of it and the cheese would melt while you're cooking the meat yes um oh gosh i know i i know there's a name for that i can't think of it off the top of my head but very similar but it's just it's meat instead of cheese it's like sauce instead of you know what i mean I would yell at her very loudly, but that would not be good for whatever podcast <laughs> listeners we actually still have right now at two hours and eight minutes. Um, hey, listen, my my four and a half hour podcast of 99 questions is still my most listened to by a large what, who margin. Who is that so with? That's Brennan Lee Mulligan, the, the guy maybe uh, from that Polygon video and from Dimension 20 and College Humor and stuff. We're going to have to Discord we went, later about whether or not he's actually in an overboard episode. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up because I, I I only know him from other stuff, but he, yeah. you know, he, listen, he gets around. He's an internet personality, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. That, you that and I are both striving for that ourselves. One of these days. One of these <laughs> days I can retire and just be that. If I could retire and just guest on other people's podcasts full time. that's that's the dream right there (laughs) um oh no so like that goal uh ps premiere which you know we've had some guests there they have their own discord do you have your own discord yet let's get back to plugs (laughs) uh officially no technically yes but i honestly never use it uh i i literally just need to make i i had to make one for extra life last year to get mm-hmm. guests like in the voice chat and all that kind of stuff um so mm-hmm. i created one for that and it's kind of like the unofficial one but truly I, I i don't think i've posted anything on it i don't think anyone's posted anything on it for like a month if not longer so like don't go searching for that um if you'd like to search for anything uh i guess technically i'm on twitter bob b backwards is me and 99 questions pod is the podcast both of them i rarely do anything with so if you want to support me in any kind of actual way, uh, you could do two things. One, it, three things. One is watch <laughs> Lost. Two is go on Apple Podcasts because uh, uh, this podcast is on it and review it five stars. Uh, uh, calm down, nerd. You got to go oh, and review it five stars. Now that, 
now that it's on apple podcast you got to review it get those reviews up get the algorithm up get the listens up it's all wonderful leave a review yeah you gotta love analytics it. analytics baby it's all about it uh and if you want at the end of the day 99th number 99 questions uh in whatever gold. podcast app you use uh <laughs> there's look through it i guarantee you're gonna find someone that you like there like i said caldwell tanner mary kish dan reichert Sam Reich, uh, actors, comedians, Adel Rafai, uh, Aaron Keefe, uh, Beth May from Dungeons and Daddies. I've, I've had a lot of different people. I've been very, very lucky in that regard. So uh, if you like what you hear, hey, you know, give it a subscribe. That's all I ask for. We're plugging early because I have only I have a couple more questions for you, Bob. How many more questions can it. you stand through? Not ninety nine, but maybe uh, three. At least, at least till the end of this truly. That's I'm still. Where, where's I'm that? Still good use your go. use your finger motions. Show me where that truly is at. At least a little above half. A little above half. I'm right here. Okay, so plus it's uh, truly th- number four for the record. <laughs> I'm I'm at Voodoo Ranger number four, which is oh those Voodoo Rangers are seven point five. Yeah, those are up there. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. what are you excited for? You might have answered this earlier, but you said a restaurant or any other TV show or anything. Dune. Okay, so Mid Max Community, mm. we we're talking about earlier. I won't plug them too much more, but Better Quest Community with Van Hansen and Jeff Quirk. Holy shit, those guys are trying to make life better for everybody, and they help me out a lot, and we'll get dig into too much personal stuff. But I genuinely, um, not only in like small quest type stuff, but I went to a very serious mental health um, evaluation for myself. I went to a doctor. I'm on social anxiety meds now, and it helps out a lot. I don't say it's for everybody, but it helped me out. Um, but my last real better quest goal that I created was in January. I read the entire Dune book in January. Wow. That's a that's a hefty book. I'm glad you said it because I didn't <laughs> want to feel like I was bragging. That's a Oh, big... it, it is. Yeah. I read it. I I completed that goal. I know there's a new Dune trailer out there and I refuse to watch it. Holy <laughs> fuck, that movie looks good. It looks real no. good. You got no, Zendaya from Spider-Man fame. You got that other dude from Rules, Little Women yeah. fame. Mm-hmm. And just the architecture of, not the architecture, the cinematography of the filming looks incredible. Yeah. Like, I refuse to touch another trailer of that movie, and I just <laughs> want to watch it so bad. Besides isn't that, that a sign of, like, uh-huh. a really great movie, though? Sorry to cut you off, but isn't that yeah, the sign of such a great movie when you're, like, super hyped? And you're like, I want to consume nothing else because I'm sold. Like the, the ticket blind, might as well be in my hand. Yeah. Going in blind to anything. Um, Cabin in the Woods. Many years ago, I had a friend who's Ooh. really big into horror stuff. And he just said, dude, if you can, just don't watch any trailers and just watch it. That's yep. what I did because he hyped it up for me that much. I was just <laughs> like, that. that's core, kind of the way I'm selling it as it was sold on the opinion of a friend. But, like, the whole point is just that, like, the more hype you are on something, like Marvel movies, for instance, which I tell the story all the time, the only – now there's two. But originally, the only Marvel movie I did not see in theaters, usually opening weekend, was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. My precious, beautiful baby daughter was born four weeks prior. That's good enough as reason as any. Black Widow's the (laughs) second movie. I'm sorry. That movie was actually better than I thought it would be. Still wasn't theater quality. Anyways, I'm a big Marvel fan is what I'm trying to say. I will always watch the teaser trailer to a Marvel film, but I won't watch the full one, and then I won't watch all the TV spots because it just spoils Smart. too much. Yeah. Anyways, dude, I'm hype as fuck for. 
Yeah. Though Marvel is pretty good about like alternate shots or like they'll change the special effects that on something Hulk for thing. the commercials. Yeah, the Hulk versus Hulk Buster type thing is the famous one, but like there's a lot of really subtle ones like uh, I could go into it. But like yeah, from Endgame like they they showed uh, what's his name Tony Stark in the ship and like in the actual movie he was like skin and bones but in the trailer oh, he's just yeah, like yeah. fine uh they 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 edit out a lot for that which I really respect because it's like yeah uh, it, the exact same thing I don't want to go in knowing nine out of ten points of this movie like I want to go in as blind as possible um yeah they're 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 usually pretty good about it but I I couldn't agree more going in blind is the new thing i want to do more often yeah i I do think like i I think as we've already mentioned it's a sign of respect for property like resident village for instance like that's my sign of respect for it is just like i know the creators worked hard and as much media is out right now covering resident evil village like i don't want to touch it just because i want to experience it from the developer's point of view which is just fresh and just completely blind i know about the baby in the basement that was not my fault <laughs> Listen, you know, you'll you'll catch bits and pieces. Same thing. accidentally. Like the Loki show, I I went in totally blind, except for I knew there was a gator version <laughs> because you... that was just the big meme. Like every, I just knew that appeared somewhere. Oh my god! Uh, so so was... I swear, I'm getting to the points of wrapping, tw- getting towards the point of wrapping up soon. For any listener, yeah, we're getting, have we're you getting heard there. about the? A- you don't have HBO Max. Have you heard about Mayor of Easton? I've heard of Easttown, it. I've heard people actually. praise it, but I, I know nothing about it. I don't I even praise... know what what the Mayor of Easttown is about. Like, yeah, have you watched True Detective? Uh, also, no. I don't watch a lot of stuff. That's why I just love Lost. <laughs> So again, uh, I don't have a it, lot of the pay services, so I miss out on a lot. Honestly, that's that's cool. You, you're steady playing Windjammer, which is a real game. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a detective show. Anyways, with spoilers and stuff like that, I googled to me what was the most innocent question ever after the first episode of Mayor of Easttown, and it ruined the entire season for me. Oh, and the season finale. Which to a detective mystery show, that's don't do that. People that's listening just a at home through the heart of the show, yeah. Don't. However, it kind of had the Game of Thrones effect to me, where just like once something was spoiled, it was just like I have to see how this all adds together and how we get from point A to point C. Oh, okay, I need to see yeah, that yeah. B that's there. Um, video games coming up because I know you play games. You say you keep an eye on Chris Tales. Did you watch that Death Space trailer? No, not yet. No, it's a excuse me again. Yeah, I've I've heard good things. I have not seen it yet. Um, I'm trying to think of what games I'm really looking forward to. Windjammers two supposed to come out sometime this year. Who knows? Still not real. Uh, it's less real than Elden Ring. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, I'm trying to think, what else am I really looking forward to this year? Why are you thinking about that? Is there anything else yeah. you want to pitch to the listener? Lost uh, or yes, unlost I... related? Found related, <laughs> might you add? Found related. Uh, reviewing podcasts that you love. I'm, I'm a huge advocate for that. For 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 
hours for anyone anyone you really enjoy any go through your feed and go like oh yeah i listen to them every friday that's will be so just go and review them go and give it it takes 15 seconds if you have itunes do it whatever app you have do it it's it's, it's so fast uh one other recommendation video game world because it's, it's it's the exact same thing. I always recommend people go in blind to it, and I've been able to convince a coworker to do it, and he, he was like leveled by how cool it was. The game, The Witness. Mm. Uh, don't look up anything about it. It's in my top ten games of all time. I know I'm probably in really? the minority there. I know I know people like it. I loved it. That seems uh, like a I'm, solid seven seven point five from a lot of people. Oh, oh, it, it, I. Oof. I loved it. If you're very into puzzle games, I highly recommend it. The the one sentence non-spoiler of it is you're playing puzzles uh, that have various symbols on them, but they don't tell you what those symbols mean. So you just have to figure it out via trial and error and context clues. So it's basically like doing a Sudoku, but you don't know that you can only have like one through nine in the various locations that you can. So just by solving a super simple one and it telling you you did it correct and then doing a slightly more complicated one and getting an X and saying it's wrong, you have to figure out what the rules are as you go. If this interests you in any way, it is infinitely deeper than that. And if you find it on sale, I cannot recommend it more highly. It's one of my favorite games of all time. It's probably my favorite puzzle game of all time. The Witness. Super duper high recommend. Quit, quick, quick video quick mobile app game plug or not plug recommendation to you have you ever played wadoku budoku wood doku oh is that the one o o d u k o why is that field spelled wrong so what it (laughs) is i think i have doku nine by nine nine by nine or a three by three, I guess. So three by three, three by three, they like so Doku is, but you get yeah. Tetris pieces and you have to connect oh, those Tetris. Oh, I haven't pieces. played this then. It oh, is I like, like the most, I don't really like, I keep, I, I kept getting addicted to like candy crush before realizing it was a very serotonin, like unfulfilling yeah. game. This yeah. one, it's still unfulfilling in the sense that like, you don't get any story context from it. You don't really anything grab from it. But it's the most peaceful puzzle game I've ever encountered where it's I just like Tetris. So Tetris is you have falling blocks. You have a time element to it, which I don't like because that creates a time pressure where once you fill up the whole screen, you lose. Well, would Doku is once you fill up the whole screen, you lose. How? Oh, uh, well, no, no, I'm sorry. It's not once you fill up the whole screen, you lose. It's once you have a piece that you can no longer fit you lose but you have to fill out three by three squares so if you get a tetris puzzle piece that's an l shape you can put that in and then you can put in another piece that's like a one by two and then you can put in a two by two to fit into and create a three by three square in the middle of everything and then that clears out your three by three and then it leaves one piece and each turn quote unquote you get three pieces and then you have to put three of those pieces onto the board and it's so relaxing just slowly clicking and dragging a piece with no time element but also Mm. like a clear cut like very zen like okay well if i put that there that's gonna fuck me there 
And then if I fill up too much, like let's just fill up one line or let's just fill up one block. It is probably going to be my top five game of the years. And I don't know how I long it's been on it. for. Oh, I right. recommend I'm, it to I'm anybody. all about this. I'm downloading it. If my old phone can handle it, I'm 100% downloading this. It probably can. I also got so euphoric on that. I forget what we're originally talking about. Okay, games. You're talking about games. You talked about the medium. Yes. and Anything else? Uh, the Witness, in fact, not the medium. The I witness. said the medium. Wait. Yeah, that's. Is the Witness a medium? Or are those two different things? I Yes, absolutely. They are. <laughs> Wait a second. Uh, Googling things is cheating. I'm totally going to cheat. The medium <laughs> is that that newish game that's supposed to be. Oh my god, you weren't talking about the medium. You're talking about the witness. What the fuck is no, the witness? the witness. Again, don't don't Google too much about it. I'm literally just... googling two words. The, Ooh, wait, the... hold on. That's very beautiful. That is not what I expected yes. at all. No, it's a fun. It's a it's a not first it, person adventure, but the only. Th- I mean, in the fact that it's like first person, but like everything else, you're just interacting with puzzles. So mm-hmm. like you're walking around this island and you find a tablet on a pedestal and you press X and you interact with it and then you complete a puzzle and you move on to the next pedestal. So you're walking around this beautiful island, but, you know, there there's there's little puzzles to be solved in it. Um, but again, p- truly don't Google too much about it because there are. As much as it sounds silly to say there's spoilers for a puzzle game, because of the nature of not knowing the rules to the game, like is it the like self satisfaction? Yes, yes, very much like Baba's. You yeah. were like, but but even more esoteric. Like it'll be like, uh, I kind of want to spoil one part of it because it's uh, don't a little more. Yeah, this out is the there. one thing we okay, won't I, spoil. <laughs> this is this is the one thing I, I truly don't want to spoil. But yeah, the the self satisfaction of figuring out the rules of the puzzles and then being like, I got it, I got it. Now I know how to solve all of these. Is one of the greatest feelings. I feel like, like that's the very Earth. like Baba is you thing. Like once you know what Baba is you means, then you can yeah. kind of. And that still seems very like broad where you're just like, ah, I can mean anything. But like once it yeah. clicks for you, it's just like, holy shit, it clicks. The and then like a tumble, tum- like a tumbler lock, like the more yep. clicks you get, the more you're just like, holy shit, this is layered. Oh, and boy, do we percent. love pancakes on uh calm down nerd <laughs> podcast. Um, I always want to give like, like to way too many chances to uh, guests that I have on like anything else you want to talk about. That nah. nah. truly, I have I have screamed about Lost for two hours. You said I've truly as you're podcast. drinking Trulies. This motherfucker hey. was drinking Trulies. Brand integration, <laughs> baby. You can catch uh, Bob. On myself. <laughs> you can catch Bob Yule on Nine Nine Questions. Um, he's on Twitter at Bob B backwards. That's B O B B B A C K W A R D S. Uh, or 99 questions pod either one whichever side plugs he's uh shows up the max community sometimes he shows in the ps premiere uh community sometimes um and he talks about great things and here on calm down nerd podcast i think you have to like what you love and i love to hear about it and on this episode i i love listening to bob fucking rant about loss for almost an hour (laughs) And um, contrary to popular belief, Windjammers is not a real game. He is making it up. (laughs) Say bye, Bob.
Say bye. Bye, Bob. Thank you for having me. This show rules. <laughs> You're welcome. Later, everybody. <laughs>